Hello, everybody, and welcome to another very special, very annual uh, style half-gen podcast. Uh, <laughs> those of you on audio uh, just missed out on uh, Nat. Uh, g- give me uh, the look of uh, something. Uh, Ross, how would you describe that? Uh, scared Chihuahua is what first thing that popped into my head, but... Oh, that's a lazy description. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. It's, that's like a viewer at the stadium when Bane emerged from the ground. Oh, yeah, strong guy just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, what the? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the half. I can't really understand what he's saying. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the half gen. <laughs> Into a microphone <laughs> underneath that. <laughs> This is Game of the Year 2020. We're doing it a little later than usual, but uh, we really needed the time. For me, I needed almost every minute of it. Uh, For those of you on the audio, I'm going to introduce my guest. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, you've already noticed a new face. He knows he's here. Let me go around. Let me give you guys two of my favorite people in the world, all right? Nat and Ross, of course, here, uh, as always. And then... Here's another one of my favorite people, uh, another one of the, you know, we were all, we were all those gaming nerds at one point, but the man who started it all, a nerd named Mark. Mark, how are you? Pretty good. I honestly expected a better speech. I just realized. All right. I was like, oh, he's hyping me up good. And I was like, oh shit. That is like that. I was like a little fizzle, but no, I, I know. All right. Wow. Yeah. I could have, I could have done a lot all, worse too. I know you could have done like, you could have been like, and there's Mark. And then there's my... There's that guy over there. <laughs> Anybody watching on video, I was pointing up, you know, on my end. Yeah. He's above me. Mm-hmm. Mark's above me. I mean, and I was like, oh, he's right here. And I was like, wait, I'm probably no, not in the same position you, for You else. are. Oh, am, I, am I to your right? Position. That's why yeah. I haven't done it yeah, yet. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we're okay. All so so ah, there we go. Yeah, there, yeah, there's well, Ritz in the roof. Th- there's Mark. And nope. there's Ned. Other way. Hey, Mark, give me I five, man. Right? I'm like... Oh, there we go. Let's... Wait, but no, Nat's... no other way, Nat. Other way. Oh, no. Other way for me. I'm on the other. other way for me. Yeah, you're, for, you're for both the, the other. Home, yeah, Mark. you're no, the no, wrong I way, can't. Chris. Okay. No, I'm you're... good. But for for no, my so our for what's no. being recorded, I'm good. All right. So okay. mine's our first the only one that matters. For our game of the year. <laughs> hold on, hold on. First, listen. All right, things got crazy, guys. Let's slow down, guys. Come on, can we just be serious for a minute? Um, it is game of the year. Uh, and I'm pulling up something real quick. 2020, let, let's just say this up front. 2020 was a good year for games. It was a bad year for a lot of things. Everything else. <laughs> but for games, it was a pretty kick-ass year. All right? I think we can all agree on that. Right? Yeah. That was, that was pretty good. Like, consistent throughout the year. There weren't like big gaps of nothing. Yeah, one of my top three games of all time was released this past year. It's a pretty good year for me. Boom. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm, delicious. <laughs> That's, it is a very good game. It is not that. <laughs> I know. Guys, we're, we are going to jump right into it. But first, <coughs> excuse me, the cough is back. Um, we did want to, you know, we, we, we made this a tradition last year. We're going to do it again this year. We want to take a trip down memory lane. Mark wasn't actually here last year for this. Um but he was here for the Jenny, so of course we brought him back because the Jennies were great. Um, 
we're going to go over our 2019 game of the year because let's 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 look at where we're coming from, okay? Let's just take a minute here. Let's just read the winners. Yeah, no, we're going to read the nominees. winners, yeah. Okay. But we can if you have any thoughts, you know, feel free to express them in in quick quick <gasps> order. Ooh. That didn't even change Perfect. the microphone. I moved away and everything covered it. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like you were just right up on your mic. Yeah, so yeah no, no, that was uh, awful. The games, <laughs> the games are amazing. Um, best setting, control. Best character, Deacon St. John. Uh, best multiplayer, Risk of Rain 2. Best performance, uh, Elizabeth Grulian, uh, I think is how you said that. Uh, a second sister in Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, best voice acting, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, best add-on content or noteworthy expansion, Final Fantasy XIV, Shadowbringers, excuse me, biggest letdown anthem, biggest surprise, this is half of why we're doing it, Greedfall. <laughs> <laughs> I like, wait, can we just this, context, this is why in parentheses after biggest surprise, says little or no expectations? <laughs> yeah. And it makes perfect sense, because yeah. um, it's still the same. Best new IP, The Outer Worlds, uh, Best Indie, Risk of Rain 2. Uh, best Sequel slash Prequel slash Success. We have a better name for a lot of these categories this year. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Best Remake slash Remaster, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Uh, best Music, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, still don't agree with that one, but you know what? Can't change it. Uh, best Story, Days Gone. I forgot that I managed to swing that. Uh, best yeah, in-game too. moment, uh, Blue Lions Chapter 10 in Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's a cat- <coughs> God damn it. That's a category that will not be making a return this year, just full disclosure. Uh, best visuals technical, Anthem. Best visuals artistic, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Best publisher, Bungie. That's another category that will not be coming back this year. And game of the year, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Much what deserved. a weird year. What a weird year, and Fire I don't Emblem- agree with most of that. Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem Three Houses, I'm not sure would make my top ten this year. Oh, it would to be perfectly I, honest. It I would still make my top ten, but it would not. It. I'll I mean, tell you what. It wouldn't even be considered for Game of the Year compared to some of what we have this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's opinion. I probably would just because Fire Emblem Three Houses really helped get through a month or two of the quarantine. Because I actually well, I played it, it like, when it came out. It. Yeah, I didn't. So, like, for me, I was like, oh, this is so good. Like, yeah. I beat it, and then I remember I was talking to you. I started playing it again, like, right after I finished it. Yeah. All right, guys. So, real quick, uh, we're, we're on to 2020. 2019, it was a weird year, but that's going to provide you a lot of context for just how crazy 2020 was. We're going to go down real quick. We have a master list of every game that's nominated with a few category exceptions that we'll go over later. Um, but this is every game that has been nominated. So, as I go down the list... Somebody wants to, you know, say something. Somebody wants to be like, "Yo, I want to talk about that real quick." I just want to make sure it's, it's going to be mostly. If you want to chime in, it's mostly for games that you don't think will probably win anything, and you want to just talk about why you put it there and why you liked it so much. Why? Why it deserved be to be nominated more than yeah. anything? Because we the, in past yeah. years, oh. one of the things that's upset me is we put a lot of games on there, and the first thing we say is this game's not going to win. So I feel like all of these games ultimately have a chance of winning all their individual categories. The nice thing now is, though, we have less nominees per category. We don't have, like, nine games, and then, you know, five of them don't deserve to win. These are all pretty much games that deserve to win in one capacity or another or are meaningfully nominated in one category or another. Uh, 
right off the rip. So we hope that this is a cleaner list and ultimately just a cleaner experience all around. First on the list, no, no particular, particular order. order. This was just, I got to the list first, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, that's a game we're going to be talking about a lot today. Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, I, I have made it no secret uh, that it, <coughs> God, it is the remake of my all-time favorite game. Uh, and it, it is almost impossible to, you know, ignore that aspect of it. But I, you know, I think even in the context of like, you know, a newcomer coming to that game, I think that game does great things and it really tells that story in such a modern and effective way. Uh, you know, that anybody who, who has played it before or who has never played it before can really come in and get the most out of that game, which is probably like the craziest thing you could say about a remake of that caliber, you know, uh, of a game of that caliber, you know, it, it doesn't happen often. It's incredible that it did. Uh, and that's a game we're going to be spending a lot of time with today. Uh, who wants to take Hades? Uh, I'll take Hades. Go ahead. Um, it is super, it's not my favorite super giant game, but it is their best game that they've put out. Um, kind of helped move roguelites forward in terms of how they tell their stories. Um, and it just has that super giant art, music, world building, voice acting, kind of the whole, the whole package. So, um, so yeah, we'll be talking about that more as well. Uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, you all know the video can see uh you all know why destiny 2 beyond light is on here destiny 2 is probably my favorite game i'm currently playing even though i will say 2020 not its best year but beyond light brought a lot of new things uh that's gonna see some nominations probably not a, you're not gonna see me fighting for it as i have in the past because i've i've got a lot of other games on my plate right now uh but beyond light on here, uh, the white door. Uh, also, just tackle this one real quick. Uh, I'll, I'll probably tackle these next two at least. Um, the white door was a game I played early. I wanted to play more indie games this year, uh, and the white door was the one I kind of picked up on a whim early this year. And you know, I, I, sometimes when you get games early in the year, they kind of get lost by the time you get to the end. They kind of get overshadowed by the things you played recently. I have not forgotten about the white door. Throughout this whole year, you know, and, and there's a lot of games that I have spent time with and, and you know, I'm not going to talk about today, but The White Door is a game I have not forgotten about throughout this year. So there will be talks about that as we go on. Uh, unfortunate Spacemen had the unfortunate circumstance of getting overshadowed by a 2018 game this year in Among Us, but uh, Unfortunate Spacemen, free to play, space people, one of them's a monster. And, uh, you know, you got to figure out who before they kill you. It, it's a simple concept, but it's well executed in uh, Unfortunate Spacemen. And, you know, it, it, there are a couple of categories where I think that game really has a shot. Uh, Mark, do you want to take Doom Eternal? Do you want me to take Doom Eternal? Um, I mean, I never finished Doom Eternal. Obviously, since 2016, Doom is brought back to the promised land of greatness. And we were talking about before recording the gameplay changes from, you know, 2016 to now. Doom Eternal, I swear, the, the music in that game is what got me. Like, I've never been a big Doom fan. I was, in the, the heyday of those type of games, I was a Duke Nukem guy. 
but doom eternal i have to finish it it's on my list i played about halfway through it but just the music sets the gameplay up for you like when i'm playing it and like the riffs start playing like i get amped up like i stood up in the middle of playing it just stood up it's like crouched down playing just like gritting my teeth and just like murdering people while the good music was playing and i'm like get the amp it's the first doom was like one of my favorites i still think doom 3 is amazing it's a good franchise and doom eternal just continues to show like older games can be remade and get sequels and still work now it's timeless it's doom eternal made doom timeless now yeah no i i, I agree with that 100 percent um like, oh, through. I was like, "What's that next one?" I don't even know what that yeah, is. Yeah, no, a Kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning. You don't remember? I did that. No, whole, I th- no, you clicked I, on the one after it. Oh and yeah, I thought no, that's, I, yeah, no, no, Kingdoms of Amalur. Come on now, kid. Come on now. As your elder, that was, yo, I I wrote about it on those gaming nerds. That's all right, was, you remember how I many review and progress like, I did for that? That's because I didn't feel like writing. Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I was having Mark and I both both actually played a lot of Kingdoms of Amalur back in the day. So we can both vouch for this, you know. The remake, or not remake, the remaster. The it's 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 more Kingdoms of Amalur, um, but that's not a bad thing. You know? No, it's really not. I <laughs> haven't really played not yet. A bad thing. I haven't played it because I was playing the original still. I started the original this year, and then I was like, I'm buying Re Reckoning, so I stopped playing it, so I didn't get too far. Uh, I have played a little bit of Re Reckoning. It's it is that game, and it's more of like it's definitely a remaster of more of how I remember it kind of thing. But uh, yeah. it's a good remaster. You know, can't really complain. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, how do you guys feel about dwarves? I'm, eh. Eh. Take them or leave uh, them? It's, what well, if, uh, I'm playing as one in Divinity now. What, so what if, if my affinity is higher. What if they're drunk and yelling at, like, you know, alien spider guys and just, like, shouting at the top of their lungs, like, rock and stone all the time? Just you can press a button that's just them like getting hype and Sounds getting like a really Warcraft into fever it. Fever dream. Yeah, that's deep. Rock, <laughs> deep Rock Galactic is kind of a fever dream. It's kind of a cool game. Four player co op. There's different classes. You go down. You have a good time. The dwarves talk a lot of shit about aliens, and then they go back and they get drunk. Sometimes it makes them really big. Sometimes it makes them really small. The being drunk does different things to you, and it's weird. Deep Rock Galactic is a weird game, but it's cool. Nice. Ooh, that situation right there. Yeah. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles is one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, with their kind of... It's like in between a remaster and a remake. Um, like there's a lot of quality of life uh, things they did to make it better. The, the visuals are way better. The epilogue they added is not great, but... Um, when the main game is so good, um, it's just one of the best JRPGs of all time, and they knocked it out of the park with uh, with the definitive edition. I agree a hundred percent with that because I'm a huge Xenoblade Chronicles fan. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. It's a game I still feel like yeah. I'm missing out on having not played it. I, yeah, I think you'd you like are. it. You would honestly. definitely like it. I'm gonna have to go It'll to just it at take some 80 point. Hours. Yeah. I don't know about two though. I don't know about Xenoblade Chronicles two though. I, I don't like two I nearly as much as the I had a lot game. of issues with some of the tech. I almost feel like I should play two game. first then. It will definitely make you like Xenoblade play Chronicles both, more. I would probably want to play two then one if one is better. Yeah, two, two is way more kind of 
anime stereotype yeah. archetype yeah. type of deals. And Cosmos <laughs> is an Exorcino saga, so Yeah. It, and it's like it's not as it's not as good and it's yeah. It's if you're gonna play both games, play that one first. Okay. So then you'll know what a good one looks like. Yeah. Fair. If you if you play Definitive Edition for the first, like Xenoblade Chronicles, you won't want to play Xenoblade Chronicles two. That's fair. No. Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X I like more than two. Ooh. Um Ooh. Yeah. Mark did not uh, agree with that take. Well, no, because I'm just like, <laughs> no, no, I do agree with it. And that's oh. a bold statement that I agree with. Because I'm like, oh, oh God. I, I thought, because like, I had that opinion and I thought that was a bad take on my part. But then hearing someone else say it who's a fan, I'm no. like, okay, yes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it all feels bad because I don't have to say it out loud. This conversation, I've had this conversation with Ross. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was my first experience with that series. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, Ross, why are you like this game? I was like, yeah. yeah. I, was like, I don't know. It's. <laughs> it's by far the worst one. Yeah. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X doesn't have a great story, but it has one of the most fun to explore open worlds I've ever experienced in a game. I want to play it again. Um, anyway, back to this. Yes. Um, Current times. Next game on the list is The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, Chris and I made a blood pact at the end of last year that I would finish Final Fantasy VII Remake before this podcast, and he would finish The Last of Us Part Two. And by we the skin of fulfilled- his, his teeth. <laughs> Yeah, we have both fulfilled Chris our obligations. Chris slides in on base safe. Chris did about two hours before we just started recording. So, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, Last of Us Part Two is incredibly divisive. Um, it has detractors and it has uh, people who will raise it to the, the rooftops. Um, I totally understand all of the criticisms of the game. And I uh, agree in part with some of them. Uh, if you haven't checked it out on the website, I did write kind of uh, just an editorial one-off about kind of responding to a lot of people's criticisms of the game with just kind of my own take. Um, but uh, I think in a lot of ways, um, it's Naughty Dog's best game to date and kind of a tour de force of uh, kind of video game design, to be perfectly honest. So uh, it'll come up in additional conversations the last of us part two is probably regardless of anything else that is said here let me say this right here right now it is probably the most important game that released in 2020 if nothing else because it's 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 probably going to be the source of my first tattoo it is it is it is incredibly divisive but i think that says so much about the story that it's telling and how it's telling it, that it evokes all these different emotions for so many people. Because the thing is, is usually like when a game gets general praise and all that, and I don't want to spend too much time on this point, um, but like usually like the praise matches, but everybody kind of has a different feeling. You know, the critics rave, but then everybody kind of has this different opinion about it because the game hits them so different. You know, it hits everybody differently than it does everybody else. And so... The Last of Us Part 2 is incredible, and we are going to be talking a lot about this game today. And, you know... It, yeah, my, I was just going to say, my biggest what-if with that game is... I know there still definitely would have been people who did not like the game at all, but I'd be curious to see how the initial reception would have changed if those leaks wouldn't have happened a couple months before release. Oh, the leaks definitely hurt it. The, if, I can tell you oh, flat yeah. out, like, the leaks. Like, after our last Jenny's talk in the snap, I did start playing it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to come up as biased based on what other people say online. I was like, I'm going to try it out. Like, a friend of mine had it. Let me borrow it. I was playing it. I haven't finished it because 
honestly, I've been playing a lot of JRPGs, and after putting all that time into Seven Remake, kind of burned out on the PlayStation yep. for a bit. And because uh, <laughs> I beat Final Fantasy Seven Remake in like a week and a half, but um, I. I think honestly, the leaks definitely hurt it drastically with the reception. Oh, 100%. also, it's just the culture of gaming right now. Like, you know, if if it's if you don't one hundred percent like it, it's horrible, no matter what. I I think for what it's worth, I think the leaks only hurt it. I don't think the leaks hurt it as much as it could have because I think the only people who cared to look at anybody who cared about the story of the Last of Us Part Two did not look at the leaks. I didn't look at the leaks, and I. I had the game the day it came out, and I, I did. didn't play it until just now, you know? But I avoided the leaks. I avoided the spoilers. I didn't look at anything online. And that's the thing, is if you really care about the story, and if you really care about experiencing that game, then you didn't seek those things out. So I think the only damage that was done was kind of the the, the biased internet reputation, because, you know, let's be real, the game... You know, did incredibly well with critics. It did incredibly well in sales. So I, you know, I think the the vocal majority on this game probably didn't actually play the game. I know they, they. You saw the review bombing that it got. I will say, I don't think any of them will, played it. I do disagree with you about leaks, though, because I'm a whore for leaks. No matter what, especially things I actually love. Well, that's your like, problem. Man. I've been trying You're... to deep dive, find out about like the ending of WandaVision and like Spider Man. Like I purposely go out of my way to find leaks for things because it doesn't ruin it for me. Technically, like I don't get leaks. Don't ruin leaks. Things ruin me. it for me. Yeah, but no, for you, I, but I'm just I saying, can't. for me, it doesn't mean I'm not passionate. If anything, if I like something yeah. more, I'm going to look for more information and leaks and, like, on-the-set films and photos. Like, I, you should see how many Google tabs I've opened right now trying to find about Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, but we'll be bringing up this game a oh, lot yeah. throughout the course yeah. of the discussion tonight. Do you want to take Miles Morales? Or do we'll both take- we'll both do it. Let's just, we could, I think we could be quick on this one. Miles Morales is a yeah, really good yeah. game. Yeah, it, it trims out a lot of the fat from the Sp- the original Spider-Man game with kind of a lot of the excess mini games and a lot of um, a lot of kind of just some, kind of some of the bloat open world it stuff. Takes out some of the bloat. Some of the bloat. Like the original game had like six different token resources you would use to unlock a ton of stuff, and that's still there somewhat in Miles Morales, but it's a lot less, and it's just very focused, which. I really enjoy it. And as I get older, I really do value sometimes having shorter, more compact experiences. I think. And Miles Morales is that. I think that's the biggest praise, really, is that they took the open world game and they condensed it into an experience that doesn't take you 20 hours to finish. Excuse me. Mm. And like, but it feels good. It feels open. It feels full. You know, they did just enough. And that was the thing with that game is like, I felt motivated to go out there and do everything because I looked and I was like, well, there's only seven of these things. Why don't I just do them? You know, whereas if there's 70 of those things, it's I'm going to do five of them and be like, this is stupid. I'm going to go do something else. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Next two are going to be me. And then Nat, you better be ready because I'm getting you talking. On right, right there. I'm getting you talking. <laughs> I'm just sitting here looking pretty. I know, uh, but I was like, like <laughs> I thought me and Nat were just eye candy for this, so you get more views. On I YouTube. need, I need the people yeah. to remember that Nat's not just here for the looks. You know, we 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 like what's inside Nat as well. Oh no, man, you don't have to worry about this. You see, my hat represents the future. <laughs> for for our audio listeners, it's a Mets hat. Um, so the um, future is looking like 2020. Listen, so this next game, Suzerain. 
uh, was another was another game on my quest to play more indie titles this year. Uh, when I finished Hades, I was pretty convinced that there wasn't going to be another indie game that was really going to come close. And then I played Suzerain. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of talk about Hades, but I will not allow this game to be slept on. Uh, you know, it, it's a simple premise of, you know, taking over as the president of a country, like a, a kind of an upstart, you know, fictional Eastern Europe type country. Uh, but it, it's, it's what you do in the moment to moment. It's the decisions you make that shape your country. It's, it's getting all this information and being like, Hey, so do you want to do what's right for your presidency? Do you want to do what's right for your people? Or do you want to do what's right for the people around you? And it's this constant balance of, you know, trying to, you know, I, I came at it of like, I'm going to just do what's best for my country. And you realize, you know, everybody says, oh, I, I could do that. And, you know, I could be president. It's not that hard. You know, you just talk to these countries, whatever. You know, this is a... If it's this hard as a game, I can only imagine, like, what it really... It gives you a perspective on politics a little bit. And, you know, who, who's to say how accurate it is? But I'll tell you, I racked my brain about a lot of these things. And it, it's a game that, that you know, I still kind of go back to. And I'm like, God, just, like... I have regrets. I don't fun. have a lot of regrets about games, but I have regrets how this game has played out for me. And I just think about it, and that shit keeps me thinking about it. <laughs> I didn't even know this game existed. Like I'm look because I was like I'm googling most of the games on this list for indie titles that I don't like know of, and I'm like, wait, the Suzerain game looks really good. Suzerain is really good. I'm and- gonna have to get this. Like, I think everyone here would get varying degrees of enjoyment out of it. And I think you'd all enjoy it in different ways. But I I think that's also just a huge credit to the game that I could recommend it to all three of you and all three of you would find enjoyment out of it. You know, Um, I'm going to buy this afterward then. Quickly touch on, uh, you know, for, for, for the remaster portion of this, because we're going to have that later. Uh, Mafia 2 Definitive Edition. Uh, it's Mafia 2. Let's be real. Mafia 2 is a fantastic game. Uh, this is just a better looking version of Mafia 2. Uh, everybody knows Vito. Everybody everybody loves Vito Scaletta. You know? The, the, the mafioso with a heart of gold, you know? Um, not much really needs to be said. Mafia 2 is... You know, it's God. It's almost ten years old now, and it's probably still one of the best games that came out this year. <laughs> I think Tony saws my physical copy of the original Mafia Two, the original Mafia that he never gave copy. back to me because he's rude. Yeah, that sounds right. It sounds like Tony. Yeah. Nat, can you yeah. uh, can you break down some Animal Crossing for me, please? So you sure you want? I to I want down, you though? specifically. You sure you want? <laughs> I need your brand of Animal Crossing. Okay, so let's just get this off the top. Shouts out to Squirt Cranston, Carrie, Scoot, and Nibbles, and Hazel. You know, my villagers, the ones that I care about deep down. <laughs> the in my real heart ones. From Animal Crossing. <laughs> because when nobody was there to visit you, you had to go spend time with your animals during quarantine in Animal Crossing, you know? Just trading stuff, giving everybody gifts, just teaching you how to be a better human, you know? With animals. <laughs> Animal Crossing. A great game. One of my votes, pick for the year. You know, everybody can enjoy it. 
Animal Crossing. If you haven't played it, do yourself a favor. Switch lights are cheap. You can get one used, and you can get Animal Crossing. Do it. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, it, it has my wife's seal of approval because she literally bought a Switch light to play Animal Crossing and has put way more time into it than I have. So, And I put like 80 or 100 hours in. I feel like I'm the only so, one who got bored playing uh, Animal Crossing. I'm the only one here who didn't I got bored play after it. like two. It's okay. Like two or three. I understand months, how it works. Uh, I got spent. It's not a game you can just power yeah. through and play. It's a daily type game. Like it's yeah, a long. It's, a daily, it's, yeah. it's the long. It's you're thinking about the end game. Like you can't just rush through it. I understood that because I played Animal Crossing. It's like a check in yeah. every day. And I played, you yeah. know, Animal Crossings in the past. I do think everything about this was like really good, especially because when it came out, I got a day one and I was doing uh, time travel. So like within a week, I had like. A decked out island. Everyone's come visiting. Like, oh my god, your island's so good. I'm like, yeah, Listen, time travel. I, I didn't play it, but I know you don't time travel, you scumbag. Oh, I always time travel. Call me Marty McFly. <laughs> Call me Marty McFly. No, remember I sent you the photo. My character was dressed up like Seto Kaiba. Okay, so, the Animal Crossing. I do want to say, if I my Nintendo account didn't get banned for three months, I would still be playing. But because there's a story yeah, there. I, I bought like a key online and they banned my account for like three months till they refunded it so that was the thing and it wasn't even animal crossing it was like pokemon i didn't even play it I played oh, you gotta like be careful pokemon anything stuff. pokemon related like don't even they're I mean, they're catching people for duping pokemon now. just don't yeah it's like it still it's sucks. it's it's a game that got most people through the early part yeah, of quarantine this definitely. year and i think there's something i think it's still that. the best selling game of the year maybe it might not be it but might, it might. Uh, be. It was top five, I think. It's it's yeah. up there. Um, next, next up, I'll take Streets of Rage four. Um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Streets of Rage is legendary brawler series from Sega. Always well known for its incredible music, and Streets of Rage four um, is way better than it has any right to be. Um, ended up playing through this co op with a friend, and there's. So there's way more characters than you would think to play as, and they all play incredibly differently. And the art style's gorgeous. And talk about I was telling every or I was telling the other guys before we started recording that I've gotten into collecting like video game soundtrack vinyls. That is one I would love to have because that soundtrack is incredible. Um, yeah, highly recommend it, especially if you have someone. It's a brawler, so it's easy to pick up and play. Uh, if you have a significant other who's maybe not into games, they would I think they would like it because they can pick up pipes and hit people with them. Uh, but yeah, Streets of Rage 4, a great return to the series, uh, and I hope there's another one. So that's that. I think these next two are both marked. This next one is marked. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I, think the next, I thought the next three were. But okay, this is going to be just like Decisive Games. WWE 2K Battlegrounds is... In the wrestling community, which I am very large part of on the online, everyone either hates or loves this game because they went arcade style, like kind of like All Stars that came out about what eight or nine years ago. But the good thing about this is mm. it's not even full price; it's a thirty dollar game, and they tried something new. All DLC is free. They just for the last month and a half, every week they've been adding four or five legends or Hall. They had Batista, Ric Flair, Razor Ramon, all these cool people, and it's actually a lot of fun because it's kind of like smash brothers to an extent you could do like four people online against each other this it's like completely outlandish nice arcade style like pick up and play instead of the simulation which for the last three years 2k games has like failed at executing a proper game since they bought the license from ukes 
And yeah, I think it's just something that needed to be, I don't even know what category, like I put it under, but I was like, it needs to be said, like when a company that's established a franchise of simulated games goes out and tries to make an arcade, like outlandish game and it works, I give them credit because you already have the foundation. You could pull a FIFA or an NHL where you make the same title every year, just do tweaks. And they decided from the ground up to make something new. So I appreciated it. So that's why I put that on there. Unlike the next game, which has never broken my heart more than anything in my life. So hold on. Let's. So these two, I know what category you have them under. We're going to skip these for now since we're going to specifically be talking about them in oh, that yeah, category. Oh, yeah. We do. Yeah. Because they're only yeah. in one category. Yeah. So let's, let's <laughs> skip those for now. Um, and I feel like we're back. Is yeah. the next one in more than one category? Uh, that one's in a lot of categories. Really? I didn't even notice. Well, which one? This one? No, the one above it. Oh, I thought yeah. I thought you were talking about the one above it. Well, yeah. They, no, this one we're not oh, talking I, about yeah. in uh, let, let Down of the yeah. Year. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it completely floored me with how good it was. Um, after Infamous Second Son which I thought was fine, but not up to the quality of the previous games. Um, I was curious to see what Sucker Punch would bring out. And Ghost of Tsushima is probably my favorite open world game since The Witcher 3. Um, It's just in terms of quality, in terms of me actually wanting to traverse the open world and not just fast travel everywhere after a while. Um, Couple that with some of the most satisfying combat I've played all year and probably within the last few years kind of wrap that all up and then have a, a, a really good story as well. Um, I think it's definitely one of the best games of the year, and I can't wait to, at some point, play the co-op Legends mode um, because people have been raving about that, and there's, like, limited-time costumes as well that are, like, based off of other PlayStation games that you can unlock. And it's, like, class-based. And well done. It's it's awesome. Ghost of Tsushima is a really good game. Yeah. So that's that. Ghost of Tsushima has probably the best sword combat I've played in any game. Personally, mm-hmm. I like the yeah. sword combat in Ghost of Tsushima a lot. And yeah. who else lets you spit bars and poems and haikus like what that's you call true. it? Like Ghost of Tsushima. You can't do yeah. that in anything yeah. else. Sure. So automatic <laughs> points, throw the rest of the games away. Like, let's go. No. <laughs> <laughs> Haiku I, you heard him. Year. All the other games are gone. That doesn't matter. Clear the list. <laughs> Especially this next one. Oh, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is also you, Mark. No? The the one right below Ghost? Is this you, Nan? I never yeah, played that. I don't even know what that is. I never played that. No, I, I didn't, didn't put, that put this here. <laughs> I didn't put that there. <laughs> Somebody else is on the it. list. <laughs> okay. Dude, yeah. we know it's Cypher also... just pops up right in the middle. Like, I'm taking over your... <laughs> Someone list. put it in best new entry in existing franchise. Nah, that's not me. I, I haven't entered. I haven't entered. Okay, I haven't entered in anything. Yeah, get, get rid this? of it. The yeah. next I, one is me. The yeah, next got, one after that is or actually somebody. Two somebody put this in. We might have. We might have been trying to yeah. fill out the list, and we're just what like came out. Stuff. Yeah, I was say, like, the two after yeah. I put in there because okay, those are yeah. some of my most played games. Let's say the games I added are Watch Dogs Legion. Now, we all know I have a history with Watch Dogs because when the first game came out, I had the PS4 bundle pre-ordered. And when that game got delayed, my PS4 got canceled, leaving me without a PS4. So I never played the first one, ever. Second you didn't one, miss anything. I mean, I, you did yourself. The second yeah, one I tried no, to play. Really. The second one I tried to play, 
didn't care. But then something about playing as someone's British nan and fighting someone appealed to me about Legions. I just British I just want to play as someone's nan. And I will say, from open world, yep. like Ghost of Tsushima, definitely one of the best open world games of all time. Watchdog Legions surprised me with actually a really good story and also just open world playing as any character. But there's more to it. It's not just like, I don't know if you guys have played it. You see, like, what they like, this and that. And every character actually has their own side mission to get them to join you. So every character you see walking the street has a side mission. That's And I was like, okay, you know what? That's I that's ambitious. It's better than the first game where we had a companion app to do stuff that didn't work. But this actually, like, they, I think, if this was the first entry in the Watch Dogs franchise, it would be getting praised like crazy. But everyone's expectation bar was pretty low after how the first two were. So this was a pleasant surprise at how good this game was for me. Nice. Perfect. And how about the next one? Oh, ooh. Ooh. my favorite, one of my favorite franchises from Microsoft, besides Halo, obviously, is Gears of War. Gears of War is really good. I mean, four, I skipped, and I finished five. But Gears Tactics... I liked Halo Wars. Love Halo Wars too. I love tactic games. It's not Gears Tactics. It's one of the few times I played it on PC and console because the console port came out. It shows you can have a tactic games with with a controller, and it works perfectly fine because it's kind of like um, XCOM. But to continue the Gears story, I haven't played a game like Gears Tactics with that level of cutscenes and story and lore added in because XCOM which is like the closest thing you can compare it to. There's not much in depth of the story. It's kind of more simulation and adding your own like base and upgrading units. This that, but gears tactics is and the coal train, baby, the coal train. That's all that matters. So it wins every award because coal train, baby. That's fair. <laughs> Who's talking? Uh, who wants to talk? Tony Hawk here. I put it there, but man, I feel like talking to him about it. It's Tony Hawk like, 1 and 2 remastered. Yeah. We all know what that means. Yeah. And it, it's good. It's good. Soundtrack's still good. Added some extra tracks. It looks really smooth, polished graphics. This was just a good PR move because the last Tony Hawk Pro Skater game to come out with Lil Wayne and it was hot trash. So, there, so the franchise was dead. There was the no faith in it. So they had to go boom. remake them. Yeah. yeah. They had to. They couldn't make another game because they lost all faith in the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh uh spider-man remastered is spider-man 2018 which was one of my favorite games that came out that year uh now it's remastered peter has a new face that falls more in line with uh tom holland peter i like the I new thought face the original uh peter I, I don't hate it i i do i thought i always thought the original peter from the 2018 game he always looked a little odd to me um but at the same time the new peter kind of looks younger than miles morales which is kind of an issue as well um but it is it's a great game it's spider-man now it's now with 60 fps now. and ray tracing indeed and you can't really shooters. go wrong that's how you're yeah, gonna get me so. to to finish that spider-man game is 60 fps and ray traced <laughs> this one i know is mark yes it is because it's the best game from this franchise pokemon mystery dungeons rescue team dx which is a remake or remaster and it's better than Let's Go Pikachu. It's lighter than and Let's Go Eevee and Sword and Shield. It's very artistic. It's almost like a watercolor pastel hand-drawn design 
love it. And I spent hours playing it because eventually when you beat the main story, you can go through and catch every mythological and legendary Pokemon from all the generations. You just have to do the infinity like dungeon and but a really good story. Can't you do that in Sword and Shield now? Uh, yeah, those are called uh, Dynamax. Non-exclusive Rangers. feature. Or Dyna- they're Dynamax <laughs> Adventures. It's a part of uh, the Season Pass, which is the worst waste of money you'll ever spend $30, $40 on for a Season Pass. But yeah, no, Mystery Dungeons, because I think it was on, what, 3DS. Never played it originally. And mm-hmm. just really yeah. good story. A lot of Pokemon. Obviously, every, almost every generation's in there. They added in Shinies, which weren't in there before. But it was just... When you want to play a Pokemon game where you don't have to grind to level up, and it's all roguelike with the dungeons that you go through, which is kind of a theme of some of my favorite games the last year is roguelike, and I just enjoyed it. I tell everyone, hey, if you didn't like Sword and Shield and like you know you don't like Let's Go Pikachu Eevee, but you like Pokemon, you check this game out. It's really good, and it's an original story, not a catch them all type situation. Sidebar. Sidebar. Don't you play as Pokemon in? This yes, game? you do actually. So how do you catch Pokemon? They Pokemon? join you. They join you <laughs> by rescuing them. They're like, oh, I want to help you. And you can actually upgrade your base in the town. So it, there's a lot of like little elements. It's easy for like kids to play, but there's a depth to it where like adults will be like, oh, man, this is this is a roguelike dungeon crawler. It's like, okay. And you can go rescue other people. If I'm in a dungeon and I die and like I, I don't want to like lose all my progress i can send out an sos and i can send you the link and you can go in with your team and save me which is pretty cool can i go in but choose not to save you actually yes oh good but it's rude game game of the (laughs) (laughs) all right let's wrap it up um who's taking resident (laughs) evil 3 here the remake i've only played an hour of it i I did not play it there's why I put on Liz is because, like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and it's so good. Cool. But it's still, like, the uh, worst Resident Evil game, though. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, sounds like a better remake, then. Uh, Demon Souls uh, for PS5 is maybe the best PS5 game you can buy right now because it's the only one that's built exclusively for the PS5. Um, Demon Souls kicks ass. Uh, that game feels it feels fresh. It feels good. It looks phenomenal. Uh, it runs phenomenal. That was that was worth the price of admission for me. I bought my PS5 for Demon Souls, and it was worth every penny. <laughs> Demon Souls is fantastic, and this modern version of it only makes it better. Like, where, was I with you? Sidebar. Because Nat can call sidebars, so can I. Was I with you when we were at uh, GameStop? And what was that PS3 game we kept trying to find? Was it Singularity? Or something similar to that? There was a PS3. It was Haze. It was a Haze. It wasn't Haze. You're permanently done. How do I kick him out of this call? But, <laughs> what, yeah. what a great, what a yeah, great no. deep cut. But um, I remember because like. <laughs> That's me. No. Okay, we're off time. But I remember, because I think I was with you, it, it was a singularity, it was something else. It was a PS3 game, it was really good, but I found a copy of Demon Souls finally, because I couldn't find a copy. And I was like, oh, this is good. It's one of the games I'm definitely going to play on PS5 when I get one, because yeah. I like Demon Souls. It's well worth it. Like, I, and it's not Haze. Demon Souls is probably up there in terms of like my Souls games. It's the only it's, one I played besides Bloodborne. It, it's It's... 
it's older than Dark Souls, but in a lot of ways, it's better than Dark Souls, you know, uh, in, in terms of that formula, the way that it handles its formula, uh, I think is really good. And I'm just going to throw it out there. If they decided to make a sequel to Demon Souls, I am all about that life. Like, I am ready for that if, if that's a direction they want to go. Um, but let's move on to the next game. I, I think the four yeah. games I put on here. Uh, this first game is Valorant, the Riot Games multiplayer, CS:GO style, you know, arena game. I don't know how you describe it, but yeah, class-based shooter that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about in multiplayer games, because it's probably one of the bigger games that released this year. So, yeah, Valorant, Valorant's kind of. You know, not as special, you know, kind of weird bootleg cousin. Rogue Company by, uh, <laughs> by, I can't even remember the studio. No but I actually, high res. Yeah. I play more Rogue Company than I do mm-hmm. Valorant because my friends played and they have crossplay, but, you know, probably not as good, but it's on there. It also came out this year. Um, and Yellow Chair Defense Force <laughs> Unite, I guess. This is your time. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know if I need to say much about this, but they're bugs and, you know, cyber dicks. Suffice to say, he's talking about the PC version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about all the versions, yeah. man. You can get a cyber dick in any version. Not you know, we're, not, we're not talking about the console versions of Cyberpunk. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Nobody I'm wants joking. that cyber dick. Um, <laughs> and Ghost Runner. Uh, it's just a random game. That there was a lot of advertisement for. It's from well published by Five Hundred Five. I don't know who actually produces, like who makes it, but it's interesting. And I played a couple hours into it, and it's cool. And that wraps up my TED talk, guys. Thank you. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I'll take uh, the next one. Astro's Playroom. Uh, it comes with every PS Five. It's probably the most concentrated amount of joy I've had playing a game all year. Um, it's a love letter to platforming and it's a love letter to PlayStation. Um, it does such a great job taking you through the history of PlayStation from the, uh, whether it's the hardware or whether throughout every single level, there's dozens of little Astrobots reenacting scenes from PlayStation games throughout, throughout the years. Um, calling it a tech demo is a little reductionist. Uh, I think, um, I think everyone should play that game and everyone would like that game um it's i got the platinum in like three and a half or four hours and saw everything it had to offer and i still want to go back and just play it more so i still actually okay. do need to play that but i'm very interested in doing it i i i'm, I'm actually very excited but i had the other all, all these other games i had to play um but astros is one more game and then we're gonna get to awards no we're not talking that we're talking about that in the first category <laughs> Okay, so, cool. all right. So that's that's kind of the master list of games we care about. Uh, let's talk about the games we don't. Uh, in the first category, biggest letdown, uh, which is a, a, a tradition here, uh, the game that kind of just disappointed us the most this year. Uh, traditionally, a game with high expectations. Um, to go over the list here, we'll, we'll we'll start talking. Everybody will put their case forward here. Um, so one of these games is not like the others. <laughs> and I feel like if we vote for one this one particular game, 
I feel like it gets excluded from all the other positive categories. I don't know how. Yeah, but I, I don't think. I, I don't think. Okay, no, it's definitely not. I, not not I with just, my fault. Because I was going to say the anger in me. This definitely. This definitely, at least I put I put it here. Surprise, surprise, because I felt like we need to acknowledge the missteps, and it isn't actually the biggest letdown for gameplay and stuff. It's the biggest letdown for what is missing and what was not fully fleshed out and for what the consumer had to deal with on the back end. If you bought this on last gen console, I got to get used to saying PS five and series X or current gen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the, the game we're That's talking that. about is cyberpunk. It's, it's yeah, cyberpunk. obviously <laughs> the other three games we have in this category, Warcraft three reforged fantasy star online two and Wolsen Lords of mayhem. One of those games. I don't even know what it is. It's probably Wilson. I'll tell you, I, I, I let me let me get mine out of the way real quick. Okay. Wilson was a game I kickstarted back in the day, back when it was called Umbra. Um, it's 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 a Diablo like it's an ARPG built in CryEngine. So like the game is gorgeous and you know plays surprisingly well, but it's it, it, it's got all the visual flash and it's got everything. It's got all the spectacle, but boy, is it kind of boring. Like, there's just nothing, it, it, it's not like, and I've talked about it on recent podcasts with Nat, and it's like, I, I you know, I, I kind of alternate back and forth between, like, kind of loving my time with it, and then kind of hating my time with it. It's entirely unspectacular, aside from, like, the, aside from the fact that it, they're doing a bunch of cool stuff with CryEngine, it's just a very, like, ho-hum ARPG that came with all this hype, you know, through Kickstarter and they made a big push when the game came out. They got all these streamers playing it and stuff like that. And the game just kind of never lived up to its lofty expectations. Uh, And it just, you know, it's just kind of there now. And it's like, it's a game I'll probably finish someday, but I'm just in no rush to play it. Um, I don't know that it necessarily wins, but you know, if you're asking me what's my biggest letdown, that's probably it. I was not gonna lie. I thought I keep getting Suzerain and yes, you do. mixed up. And when you were talking earlier, and I was like, <laughs> I thought Chris didn't like that. Game. <laughs> and I realized you were talking about the like political game, and I was like, Oh yeah, I do want to check that. Game. Yeah. So. so yeah. yeah. The other two are Mark. So <laughs> Warcraft Three Reforged happened. I'm a huge Warcraft That's fan. The well, most I'm positive like, thing you could say about it is that yeah. it happened. Oh, I know. And even then, that's that's technically negative because I wish it didn't. Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge Warcraft fan. I mean, I like my StarCraft. Me and Chris have played StarCraft too many times online, 2v2s against people. We're actually pretty decent. We're pretty and good. Warcraft 3, more or less Warcraft 2 Battlelandish, but Warcraft 3 was also one of my favorite RTS games ever, of all time. Like, literally, all time. And when I heard about Reforged, I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. They show us these visuals, these cutscenes, how it's going to look. I'm like, yeah, let me pre-order it. So I pre-ordered it. And I completely forgot it came out. And then I got the notification. Like, hey, Mark, we're going to three. So I download it. I play it. I install it within the hour. It Visuals weren't there. It was trash. Execution. I, I don't know how they messed up the engine. It, the gameplay was broken as well. And it just, it kind of left like that taste in your mouth. Like, ooh, this franchise. Like, I have no expectations for Warcraft 4 now. Like I don't like this. They're not making it. Warcraft for it. They're not making oh, no. RTS. They're not. No, rest they're assured. Not. Yeah, especially after like you couldn't even remake Warcraft three. In Warcraft three, there was no issues. I still have Warcraft three, the original one, and the Frozen Throne. Played them. 
perfectly fine. Runs smooth. But so, and this the is problem is, is they made changes to those games to make it compatible with this one. So they've actually made those games considerably worse with the changes they made to the back and end of they're them. still considerably better than reforged which they is, made those games worse but they're still better God. than the reforged which is such a shit scenario yeah, it's, it's, to be in it's honestly one of the few times blizzard has let me down that's not something i've, I've said almost rarely ever that blizzard has let me down with a release that on the other hand, a game that actually works and isn't broken that I thought just ripped my heart out was Fantasy Star Online 2. I'm a huge Fantasy I, Star I Online fan. I don't agree game. with this one. I'm really? Go out okay. And say it. Okay. Well, you might not agree, but hear me out. Over there on the other side of my apartment is a black 2K edition of uh, a Dreamcast. And next to it is two cases. I have the 1.0 and the 1.1 version of Fantasy Star Online, the original. I originally owned these two, so like I never sold them and bought new ones. I'm a huge fan. I still play because you can play offline. I was so hyped. Fantasy Star Online 2 was originally supposed to be out on the Vita and the PS3. Just saying. I had it on PC with an EXE file to translate everything to English back in 2013. Whatever Fantasy Star Online 2 is now is not what we were supposed to get. And just the hype the years of waiting like i was like oh, i want to play this on my vita i want to play this on my ps3 and i'm like oh maybe it'll be on the ps4 nope now we're in another life cycle it gets released and it's muddled it's just oversaturated i'm like the colors in the design of it were meant to give you a headache but then gameplay being able to switch your classes just by equipping weapons i hated it like it it didn't seem it seems like it's fantasy star online in name and visual stylings but it lost everything you could have named it anything else and it would be fine but fantasy, it's not a fantasy star online too. it just doesn't seem the same and i thought maybe it's been so long so i did take out the dreamcast and i did put up boot up the original i was like nope i'm not wrong this just it just let me down because maybe my like like in presence high expectations my expectations were really high because it's like they didn't release it seven years ago they had seven years on top of the six years they were working on it. So they've had over a decade to make a good, cohesive game. And instead, it just seems like they made it free to play. And then it's like, hey, microtransaction it. Just screw it. I'd rather have pay $60 for it and have like a cohesive game to play than to have constant updates, banners, like banners for this. It's like, I hate that shit so much. So that's why for me. Yeah, I mean, so, so for me, I feel like uh fantasy star online has a future with them coming out with the yeah. new genesis or whatever next year or this year um uh, i don't think no, warcraft no, has no. A future. well no it sounds like the last world the, of the warcraft last... does world of warcraft, so warcraft so. technically has a future. okay we're talking rts <laughs> yeah but if we're sure. talking about rts yes yeah, yeah. i'm talking about yeah. dead like there was there's already little chance a new one was going to be made with the way blizzard is is going and with what it sounds like for this they should nail in the coffin. Try. Um, I feel like Warcraft oh, definitely because I got a refund for Warcraft Three. <laughs> okay, well, totally, I got a refund for Cyberpunk. Yeah, also. Welcome That's to the fair. refund portion of this podcast. Right. Uh, so let me. Uh, boom. Well, you're doing that really quick. Uh, I don't know why I got removed, but I know it was going to win. I thought I typed Marvel's Avengers and biggest letdown. Also, but 
Just a I just a nod. Thought it was yeah, in there because it's not even in the master list. Just to yeah, point it's out. not in the master list. You're right. But I will say it's no longer the biggest letdown because Kate Bishop DLC has been actually really good and entertaining, and they fixed a lot of the issues I had with the game. It's it's really good. It's a fun game. It's really a fun game good. I think once Spider Man's released in it on PlayStation, more people will jump on the bandwagon to play it, and then they'll get it for cheaper. I have the edition that came okay. with the Captain America statue and the map of like the Mark One armor, and I was like, nope, nice. from day one, I've been enjoying it. Put a lot of hours into it, and they've been very transparent on their subreddit that they're fixing things. Here's what they're working. They take a lot of constructive criticism, and I think honestly, like I felt, I told Chris, I felt bad because I recommended he pick it up and that it was broken. But it's worth jumping into now. They've actually made leaps and bounds. Yeah. Especially there's a free... Uh, yeah. I have it on next PS4 too, now. Which is nice. Well, technically, PS5. Yeah, uh, nice. I picked it up during the holiday. So, yeah. yeah no, I do. I picked it up on PlayStation um, also for Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Sidebar. If you're watching the video podcast, I made both of those shots into my trash. Is that what that noise was? <laughs> Yeah. He was looking really proud I saw of himself. The fade away I and he was holding it, so I knew he made it. Yeah. I thought know, his like, camera froze. That was pride. I thought his video no, froze. That was, that was pride. I could it, see it now. I'm with you, man. It, I got it. it. It, it's it's like you're just playing like RJ Bear right now, man. Yeah. He's playing a little spotty, so I'll take that offense and keep it too. Right now. All right. Uh, next category. <laughs> The polar opposite. Let's start talking positive rewards. Let's talk biggest surprise. Uh, So this is a game that we had little or no expectations for and kind of knocked our socks off. Uh, And the list is as follows. WWE, 2K Battlegrounds, Suzerain, Ghost of Tsushima, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and Astro's Playroom. Who wants to go first? I had a game on here. I don't know what you guys are doing. There's games on the list that don't belong. There's games you put there that aren't. (laughs) (laughs) It's whoever added Crash 4 is who screwed this up. I don't think it's going to win, but I do. Okay, and Ghost Runner. Gotcha. Yeah, my my quick take on this is that I put put Ghost on there, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I think I put Animal Crossing on there, and I definitely put Astros on there. Um I think those were all surprises, varying surprises yeah. as to how good they were. Um, but I think Ghost of Tsushima comes from a big established studio that has put out quality work in the past. So I would I would not pick that game. Animal Crossing, it's a huge franchise for Nintendo. It hit at the right time. I don't think I would pick that one to win. Astro's Playroom, not many people played Rescue Mission because it's PSVR, but it's one of the best VR games of all time. I think Astros so belongs. I don't think that the quality for that. I think Astros belongs on this list, hundred percent. I think it does. I, I agree with the two games that you that you that's said. Fair. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I I I assumed that's where you were no, going with it, and I just want to say I do believe of those. I think Astros definitely belongs on this list uh, because nobody expected that to be yes. a, a console launch defining game. Quality. You know, <laughs> I mean that's Ross- this that's this generation's Resogun, and it's better than Resogun. You know. Well, Ross brought up good points, though. Like, Animal Crossing was perfect timing of that release. I think from a biggest surprise is how well it sold, because I don't think it would have sold the way it did if people weren't stuck at home. I don't think it would have sold this, that this, much. This, isn't, this category isn't as much about well, sales. This oh, I know, but I'm saying from, like, from, from a biggest surprise... I mean, technically, I was surprised that it sold that much. Like Ghost, like it, it, it comes from a, a, a it yeah. comes from a franchise. Like Ghost for me quality. was a, I actually was surprised at how good it was, just because 
the whole infamous second son situation where I was like, I was like, I thought second infamous son second son was really good. So oh, no, it was I good. Ghost but Tsushima to be good. But compared to like one and two, I was like, uh, second son was like the least of that franchise that I wasn't really feeling. So like, I was tenderly surprised because I was like, okay, this think, is actually great. Like, look at the, like, if you look at second son's compare this, I'm like, this is quality. Like, this is I think a fine tuned game. I think Ghost of Tsushima is another surprise in terms of, you know, like market reception. Yeah. I don't think quality was ever no, the question. No. Oh, and no, I don't think, you know, I don't want to make like a blanket statement. I'm going to make one. <laughs> I don't want to make I one. I think but for I'm the gonna. most part, Sony games, there's a certain expectation of quality out of their first party. Oh, I yeah. think we can all agree that you have a certain expectation for how a game from them is going to come out, you know? Um, yeah, I, th- I think personally for me, I think there's there's a clear like, winner in this category from yeah. just like I could only I've only played winner? three out of that those games, so so I mean I yeah, can make I my think, argument for my go game, ahead, Ghost Runner. I didn't expect mm. anything. I thought it looked cool and it's actually you know a decent game, but I also think there's a clear winner here. I, I mean I don't know if Mark wants to talk about WWE. I- that's the outside of us doing our like introductions for the games. It's like well I have nothing really new to say about it. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's. I think the clear winner. Like, is, I will say because I googled right. it while Chris talked. I love you guys. I want to play it. So I fucking love you guys. <laughs> yeah, because after after Chris has explained more about the game on and off the podcast, like I bought the game. I just haven't had time to start it yet, but it sounds fascinating. It as we speak. And that's a literal surprise because no one, yeah. none no, of us, I really didn't, knew it existed. I didn't know until like ten minutes <laughs> until, ago, and I have it on my wish list, and it's in my cart right now. So. Like are are we making it green? No, I think that's like, I think oh, that I was gonna say because out of all of the games that I didn't plan on playing, that's the game that like you know popped up and I like while Ghost Runner also popped up, I was like this popped up and I was like, how the fuck didn't I know about this? So like this this was this was the best swing I took all year on a whim. This was the best. This is like my game yeah. that like yeah. I I, I want to have one of these every year, you know that like this is gonna get me to buy mm. more games like this. I yeah. I fucking love. You're gonna Suzerain. get a text message from me at like two in the morning, like why did you suggest default. this game? Dude, I need to like, sleep. I, I, I cannot say enough good <laughs> things about that game. I I really can't. That game is just spectacular. I like this next category. So, so Suzerain do, wins best. Any last minute additions to this by anybody? Because I feel like we we've got a lot of great performances mm. on here, but not a I lot of one. game variety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nat, Nat, Please go ahead and add one. one. The only one that's not like the rest of them is the one that. Oh, added, okay. It's too lazy to like, you know, make it uniform. You know, IMDb oh, links, yep, weird fonts. You know, so for some reason the background color <laughs> gets dragged in. Like, what are they doing over there? Yeah. That, that's that's a very worthwhile addition. Ross, do you want to take um, this? Because you probably know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, best performance, best individual performance in a game. The nominees are Laura Bailey from The Last of Us Part Two as Abby, Ashley Johnson as Ellie from The Last of Us Part Two, Troy Baker uh, as Joel from The Last of Us Part Two, um, Daisuke Suji from Ghost of Tsushima, and Brianna White. As Aerith. Final Fantasy VII Remake as I just want to compliment you on yes. your That was actually spot on. Like, if nothing goes unsaid, your pronunciation is exactly why I wanted him to do it. I knew he'd nail it. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking to try oh, and take good. some If you need an app or you need any recommendations for where to go, I've been uh, 
trying to do the same because you know oh, my tokusatsu okay. addiction is bad and everything's in Japanese. <laughs> Uh, so I'm fascinated to hear what people think about this category. I think uh, Daisuke Suji was a great addition that I forgot to add, but he is really good. And he actually did a playthrough of his own game on Twitch, yeah. and he's hilarious. Um, I feel like, but, uh, I say, I feel but like yeah. there's a lot to say with particularly the first three. I don't know how... Uh, I'm assuming Chris is going to take away the, the last one, but I could talk about Daisuke's performance because... Mm. I feel like on a yeah, lot of it. these style games, you get caught up in protagonistitis, where like they they leave the choice up to you, so the performance ends up being kind of lacking. While this doesn't suffer from that, I feel like Daisuke's performance at every turn is very impressionable and doesn't make you like fade to the back, which I feel like a lot of times if you want out of a protagonist character, but this was like. Like very emotionally charged, very, very like it was hard not. It's hard to get detached from. Oh, I'm playing as this guy, and I want to do the choices that I feel like are going to represent this guy really well. Yeah, it's a similar situation to like Geralt, where it's a defined character already, and you're making decisions within the parameters of his morals. Um, and I think that, and for those who don't know, uh, Daisuke Suji is actually the English voice actor for. Uh, the pr- the protagonist in Ghost of Tsushima for Jin Sakai, um, and and I think that you know he, he initially he comes off as kind of stoic and one note, but as because he's a samurai, so he has this honor code that sort of thing. But as the game goes on, he really opens up, and I think does a fantastic job. Um, yeah, I think Daisuke Suji is very very worthy uh nominee so, for this category i want to knock two names off of this list and i i i, I hope okay. there will be a, a, a general agreement in this i love brianna white uh i think she is the strongest performer in final fantasy 7 remake um i thought you were yeah. prepared i think she's con- i think she's a little more consistent um, so I think she's That's phenomenal. Fair. I think all five of these nominees are fantastic and the hard part is going to be narrowing it down. Um, but I, I, I think I, I, I think it's a fair concession to say, you know, I, I, in another year she could win, but we're looking at the, the Sony juggernaut here of just how do they keep doing it with these, with these performances Cause like I think like since Uncharted Four, mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody who has the who we talk about so consistently as putting out games with, you know, completely best in class voice acting. You know, mm-hmm. the other name I would take yeah. off of this is Troy Baker. Yep. Uh, one because his role is very relatively yep. minimal in that game. Spoilers, I guess, is relatively minimal in that game. And two, I don't think he's better than either of the two uh, female leads. Not. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, uh, why I did put totally him is that uh, his performance is very minimal, but it's uh, it's incredibly impact. It's more impactful than most performances in any other game this year, even with that. Joel is time. still Joel has ruined Troy Baker because he. I don't think he'll ever get another role as good as Joel. He was my least favorite part. Yes, of and, of the, yes. and Batman he is Origins. awful in that game uh, because it's just him. Yeah, 
it's just it's just like e- EA CEO version of Troy it's Baker the worst. and and I don't um, like it. Um, so that, that leaves us with Laura Bailey, Ashley Johnson, and Daisuke Suji. I think Ashley Johnson is the yep. winner. Uh, I, I I wholeheartedly believe. I think the the wide variety. I think young Ellie, modern Ellie, and just like all the different kind of emotions that she went through. I think her range was just spectacular. I can't think of many performances I've ever heard as good as this one. Like that, that like that was half of what kept me going in the parts when I wasn't as into the game was her acting and all the credit in the world to Laura Bailey because she, she did a phenomenal job as well. But I think Ellie just kind of hits those, those highs and lows a little bit stronger. Um, and I, I really, really want to throw my hat in for her. I, I think, to, to me, they're all great, but it's not close. Uh, on the other oh, side are. of the coin, I was going to say Laura Bailey. So, for voice actors or actresses, for me, it's like, the person is that character. And could I see another... like So, for Troy Baker, is, you know, Joel or anyone else who does voices... My go-to thing is, I bet you Nolan North could voice that better. Like I no. was trying, like think. No, no, I'm. This is. I don't I'm think not anyone in the last of us. No, I'm not saying from that. I'm just saying from the standpoint. Yeah. Could I see someone else voicing that character? And that was just you know, a non-specific example. Laura Bailey did such a good job as Abby. Like I didn't finish the game, but like I felt more of her as that character emotional scenes the anger this and that like she did phenomenal and then because i didn't finish the game i watched the rest of the game on youtube to see everything else just in case because like i want to at least know how everything else ends this and and i was like wow i was like okay like this she was really good like i give her credit yeah like honestly um I love Daisuke's performance, but I don't, don't think he goes through as big of a transformation as either of the other characters. Um, when it comes to the other characters, I think Laura Bailey has so much heavy lifting she has to do in that story um, in terms of making you like her. And some people never get there, um, but she became endearing in a lot of ways, whether it was... Uh, her very personal to me, her very realistic fear of heights that she struggled with in the game. Um, or her just kind of becoming Joel and filling in that Joel role when it came to Lev and Lev becoming her Ellie. Um, I think that she's introduced as a very one note character. And I think throughout the course of the game, um, I think that while both uh, Ashley Johnson and Laura Bailey do incredible work. I think for me, Laura Bailey edges out Ashley Johnson just a little bit because because you're not going to grow to like that character unless the actor behind it is doing a good enough job to make you change your perspective on it. And I don't think many other actresses, if any, could have accomplished that in that role. Um so I, I think my vote is for Laura Bailey. And also keep in mind, not really related to it, but 
she did nine months of this shoot pregnant. <laughs> Side, uh, yeah. But yeah. Sidebar. Yeah, sidebar. Laura Bailey also does. Uh, can't pronounce her name. Uh, the English voice for Sasuke's daughter in Naruto. I didn't know that. Too. I don't watch Naruto, so I don't know what that she is. She does uh, a lot of voice. Yeah, she's she also does. Black she, Widow in Avengers. And she's also uh, uh, Supergirl in, in, in Justice 2. And a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, she, she's, she's she was yeah. also like the no Fetch Troy Baker, in uh, Infamous Second version. Son. And, no, that's uh, like, and First Land. But yeah. Ro- and Ross brought up like, the best um, point, so like, that's why. Because like, I couldn't vote for Suji because I didn't play it in English, so <laughs> I can't but I've heard like from the trailer stuff really good. But yeah. Laura Bailey, like you, she like one note characters in as a voice actor being able to portray that growth of the character along the way. So it's not easy. And like her character had like was not a static character at all in that game. Like there was a lot of changes and growth. And Laura Bailey definitely killed it. Like I for yeah, I, it, I was just gonna say like. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say go one. Ahead. One. Okay. I'm not gonna go do ahead. this all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, just one more quick thing is that. Um, so I'm a big fan of of Critical Role, the web D and D series that Laura Bailey's a part of. I've watched hundreds and hundreds of hours of her talking. When I played the game, I forgot it was her for large stretches of the game. She just melted into the character so much, um, and I think. That's a testament because it's not yeah. having the Troy Baker syndrome of him playing himself in everything. So that that was my. Last I mean, thing, I, I, I would, it's pretty clear that so uh, you know that, that as where it is. What? I was gonna say we could leave the vote where it is. If it's back. two you guys one one talking. If it's two one one. You know, Laura Bailey is declared. Well, I think I think there should be a to... consent. Wait, who's still voting? Who's the other one? No. I'm saying it's two, two for Laura. I, if I stay on Daisuke, you stay on Ashley. There's a clear winner instead of somebody having to switch. You know what I mean? Well, no, I mean we we should we should come to an agreement on it. It shouldn't be we we shouldn't have to, you know, to finally. I I think it's pretty clear you know, know where this is going. Just for me, like I ended up liking Abby. I liked Abby's side of the story ultimately better than Ellie's. Um, and I do like Abby as a character and I, I like where she ended up, but like the, the thing to me and, you know, me, you know, maybe it's something I missed, but you know, she, she didn't like, I didn't get lost in her role. Like I did into Ashley Johnson. I feel like Ashley Johnson just kind of had more of the emotional spectrum for me that I heard. I heard more of like that strain in her voice when when she tosses the gun and she's just like fuck you know and like the 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 way she just kind of effortless, effortlessly kind of just conveyed that and like you know Laura Bailey did did an excellent job but like I don't know like for me it just it wasn't like she was fantastic but to me it just wasn't I think you know if, if you rank them in order it, you know in, in terms of like how we have these from three to one, it's Troy Baker, it's Laura Bailey, then there's a gap, then there's Ashley Johnson. In, in my eyes, you know, from from my uh, you know enjoyment of the game. Yeah, it's I, I don't think Laura Bailey has the is asked to go to some of the extremes that Ashley Johnson is, but I think a lot of her acting comes from 
way more subtle stuff, whether it's facial expressions, whether whether it's her conversation with Mel and her coming to grips that her getting this revenge didn't fill her in any way. And you see her kind of aimlessly just trying to figure things out. And I think that once she finds that purpose and when she delivers that you're my people line that one, is the yes, one that really that hit was, me hard. That 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 was the, a bit a big line um, at the right time. You know that was that was really well done. I did like that. Yeah, I, yeah. So, so for me, again, uh, it's there's there's not a huge gap at all between those two. I think it's very narrow, but I I would still lean slightly uh, Laura Bailey for me. All right, so I I would say I haven't. If you guys want my opinion on the two, I haven't played the game, so I don't know. But from the trailers. I would have to kind of side with Chris if that's where we're going, but I do, I do stick to my digest. Yeah, they, they also kept, didn't show Abby yeah, a lot of the trailers they, because they were trying to keep that part of the game secret. She was in like, one trailer and didn't really have much dialogue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they just released the Abby story trailer like a month ago. That makes sense. Uh, once it's been out a while. So, uh, so, so it sounds like Laura Bailey wins this one. Yeah. Very close. Everyone in that, that's our that's been our I think that's been our that's one of the strongest categories on here. Yeah. I think, in terms of nominees. Um, next category <laughs> is best performance for an entire game. Uh, so this one it's you know, it's it the entire cast is on the hook for this one. Um, okay, that's fair. Um, the nominees are The Last of Us Part Two. Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Hades, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Spider or Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Ghost of Tsushima. I think there's re for me personally. I there's two games kind of in this race, uh, like well three three games in this race, but two of them definitely much higher on that list. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any, you know, specific feelings for a game they want to just, you know, throw out there right now. Watchdog Legions, all the English people are hilarious. All right. And, and they talk and they, and they talk they talk trash in English <laughs> and fair. it's great. Especially when you try and almost hit them with a car. Like every cuz the uh, whole entire cast, everyone's a playable character, so the whole city is the cast. Watchdog's Legion isn't going to win this category. I'm well aware of it. That's why I just wanted to point out that I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I won't, that's um, not a hill I want to die on, trust me. But I'm just saying it was hilarious. Uh, so, uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, I think, as a whole, the cast is very good. I like Najee Jeter, who plays Miles a lot of the time. But there are definitely times... He gets whiny. Where, Chris, you mentioned this. He has such a high... He has no. such a high-pitched voice. Oh, no! Um, and... It, and so I, I would probably eliminate that one. I put Ghost of Tsushima. I put specifically for the English cast because I think Sucker Punch did something cool where uh, they did cast all of the English roles with actors and actresses of Asian descent. Um, so all, all major characters uh, are Asian American or just straight like Asian in some way. Uh, they didn't whitewash it, which I thought was really good. And I think the overall quality is is really high, especially for a game about that period of Japan 
the default thought would be to go straight to the Japanese voice track, which I know a lot of people did, and that's not a wrong answer whatsoever. But I think the English cast is really underrated um, after playing through and, and platinuming the game. But I don't think I it wins this say, category. I just interesting to... thing I learned about Ghost of Tsushima is there's different mocap for the English voices and the Japanese voices, which I think is really cool and a nice attention to detail because, mm. you know, they could have, I feel like they could have tried to like rig it along, but they apparently have mocap for all of the like facial scenes. And yeah, there's separate one, there's two cool. for every scene an English scene and a Japanese scene. I don't know if that continues cool. down the thread cool. for different languages, but I know for those two, at least. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to throw sure. this out there. For I'm sure. going to rank these last three games from third to first and kind of, uh, you know, you guys can fall on this where you do. Um, Final Fantasy VII, Hades, Last of Us. With The Last of Us being the top of the list. One, one two, oh, three. so it's three, two, one. Three, two, one. Yeah, from top to bottom. Okay. Or bottom so to top, you, I mean. Bottom said, to top. So you... So, so fi- you, you said Final Fantasy 3, Hades 2, yeah. Last of Us Part so, 2, yeah. 1? Last of Us would be my winner for this. That was actually... Last of Us, Hades, Final Fantasy. That, that was... That was yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you would have the same yeah. list, Ross? Yeah, I was actually... I was expecting you to uh, uh, put Final Fantasy 7 above Hades. Um, and... I was going to say, I think Hades has more consistent voice acting and doesn't have to fall into the trap of the English dub. And that's, <laughs> that's with a the lot thing of the, that kind of keeps that Final kind of Fantasy VII Remake from kind of being higher on this. Uh, it was something I was thinking about when I was writing the final say, which is going mm. up soon. Uh, I do have it ready to go. Um, but it was just like... Th- there was... It's the it's the the things they have to dub in to kind of fill out the vocal track that uh, that messes with me a bit, and, and that's what I what ultimately kind of ruins. Yeah, I think the voice acting in that game. <laughs> those. <laughs> yeah. Those <gasps> <moments>. <gasps> um. It, yeah, but I, I I think I'm shocked as to how good that voice acting is in general. Actually, considering uh, yeah. a lot of Square Enix's past. Um, so that that that's a very very good cast, but I I agree. I think yeah, I, I was think gonna, was part two wins, and I think, I think yeah, I think Hades final, was going to be my first choice, then the Last of Us, only because when I play a game, especially with how much time I put in Hades, because you know you keep, it's roguelike, you're going to keep playing. I never once was mm-hmm. like, oh god, I don't want to hear this god talk again. I don't want to hear any more. Like it was one of those things where it's like I never got tired of hearing them talk. So it wasn't. Cause when you play a lot of games, just like MMOs or anything like that, yeah. you get tired of the dialogue and the voiceover after a while. This one never got tired of it. That's why I was like, mm-hmm. The Last of Us Part Two is a very, you know, start to finish story. Same with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Whereas Hades, you keep playing over and over again. You could, Even after you finish it, you play again and again and again. So it's one of those things where it's like, I never got tired of it. And I put like 60, 70 yeah. hours into that game. And never once turned the volume down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm right there with you. I put 100 hours in between early access and the Switch version, and I think it's it's crazy how high the quality remains for how long it is, um, especially when they got the composer for all of their games to do the voice of the main character. It's like yeah, he's just he, he just does everything, I guess. 
and he voices and he voices the training skeleton as well. So he's talking that. to himself. Cool. Sorry, need to close the door. Um, but yeah, uh, Last of Us Part Two would be would be my choice. Yeah, I don't have any arguments if you guys are waiting on me. I have only played Ghost of Shima and Hades out of this list, and but from the trailers and my, you know, from from my position. Ghost, I mean, Ghost Rock. Last of Us Part Two seems like the clear winner here, just from my outsider perspective. Yeah, and I, it, it's not even just like, oh, because I, you know, sometimes there's the trap of, you know, whoever wins best performance wins best overall voice acting. That's not always the case. Uh, and in this case, I really think just The Last of Us is in a whole different league than the other games on this list. Also, you know, they the focus Last of Us really is... heavily on that, too, because of the mocap and the voice acting. Like, that's outside of writing the story, obviously, and designing the game, the motion capture, the voice acting, that's like the core that they put so much time and effort into. So it would be almost like, not stupid, but like, to not even, like, we've seen all the behind the scenes when they did that. Last of Us Part One, like documentary series, we saw the work they put into it. And I can only imagine they put even more into this game. Well, yeah, I mean, shows. even if you look at like Raising Kratos, you know, just modern say, Sony is. Yeah, they the motion capture everything else. They put a lot into I, it. I say it's. Oh, I was just gonna say I hate to keep saying you know Sony, 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 but like just nobody is doing it the way they're doing it, and it really show it really shows in twenty twenty. They really kind of just flexed on everybody in terms of like, this is how we're making games. You can have your game pass. You can have your portable, but we're just going to make these games that are just like, it's, it's like, it's like playing cinema, you know? And it's just like, they, what they're doing is working for them and it's working in such a way that it's just like, it's kind of crazy to behold. I was gonna say there's a reason one of these games has a live action show being made, and not like not to say that that's like the gold standard if it has it, but there's a reason it was like oh you could just put this on screen <laughs> and it would be a thing. There's a reason that like people who don't like games see you playing this game and sit down like are you watching a movie like just that's how crazy the quality of Last of Us is. And, and side, a, you know, that's can we do a sidebar really quick because it's not listed sure. on these, but another game that puts quality into like this and that but they're bite-sized you know games super massive has been killing it with the dark pictures anthology little hope was really good it's not on any list but that's what i forgot to put on biggest yeah. letdown no that game sucks i know i know but i'm just that saying game is bad. from a quality no, standpoint of... Stop, don't talk to me about quality the voice acting's bad the animation I, is bad well, that game is sir, bad sir, that is a bad game sir, i didn't think they could do worse you're playing than Man too much and, too. and then they maybe did maybe you're it. playing too much destiny 2 no Maybe, maybe you should maybe. be playing more because that I has better voice acting than you know Dark Pictures listen, Anthology. Listen, Get out of my podcast. You need to like the lore <laughs> and what they're trying to present in the story. If you don't like the Salem Witch Trials and the Snat, you're not going to like Little Hope. That's not the thing that was an, uh, that was unlikable. It was everything you're, else. You're unlikable, sir. Literally, you are unlikable. the game is unlikable. Hey, playing the game, you see where the I put the, the salt the and writing, hot sauce because it's getting salty and spicy. What? Like. <laughs> What are you talking about? Oh. I'm calm. Look at this face. I'm smiling. I'm happy. Like he's over there getting all red. I didn't think this was. No, I didn't think this was going to happen. I'm just saying. Fire I don't think this was Peace. Anthology and best voice acting. You guys has, didn't play it. I played it. I played it. You didn't play it. You didn't play it because you're just bad. Are at video you games. joking? You're just bad at video Here's games. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
because because we, we, Mark tried to kick me while I was da- while I was down, you know, trying to talk about Greedfall last year, doesn't mean I need to come back and hey, have dude. revenge. He mentioned a shitty little game, and I let him have it. Yeah, but I'm it's not gonna let him have it because I game, so. <laughs> That's why I kicked him back. I'm better than a shitty big game. So I mean, <laughs> well, let's. We, I'm just saying, we, Little we, Hope is not as bad. I don't even know what you're talking about. Little Hope is awful. It's not There's awful. a final say on the website. You can go read it. I won't. Not you. Only because you wrote it. I will I will read Ross's writings. I am now... I'm changing it to Ross's name. I am now <laughs> firmly starting a campaign to cancel you because that is the trendy thing now on the internet. So You can't cancel what doesn't yet exist. So You have little hope now of winning any categories. Best music. Oh <laughs> All right. Next category. Uh, and so The Last of Us Part 2 was the winner of that last one. Uh, next category, best music. Uh, so best music in a game. Uh, nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Doom Eternal, Streets of Rage 4, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, and The Last of Us Part 2. This might be the hardest sidebar. category. Sidebar, I actually think the music in Cyberpunk is really good. And, and why didn't you write it in? With all of this, because it's so fucking buggy and shit doesn't play when it's supposed to. <laughs> it has good music, but I can't access it. <laughs> That's fair. But I don't That's know fair. if this is the correct track to be playing. All right. So don't chastise right. me, Chris. That. I tried to save us <laughs> some <fair>. time. Just <laughs> think of the greater good. All right, there's a lot of really good games on this list. I already kind of have my winner picked out. Same. I, I, I have my winner have my picked winner. out as well. All right, do we want to just go around the room? Final okay, Fantasy VII Remake. There's is. too many Nat- tracks. Nat- too much music. He's he's being spiteful. This is what he said he was going to do. No. <laughs> this is going to be my turn. Destiny Nat- 2 Beyond Light. <laughs> 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 That was on purpose. That's not even close. Come on now. Why are you joking? You might as well say Greedfall. <laughs> That's not my pick, but I seen it there and I was like, I got to go for the joke. I got to go for the slam dunk. That's worth it. That was worth it. That was worth it. <laughs> left the room. I take back 90% of everything bad I said about Greedfall. I don't even know what's in that corner. Like, like for me, Ross he, just he, disappeared into the abyss. Part. Like, he's in a whole other room. He yeah. went to another podcast. <laughs> I, I went yeah. to the Shadow Realm. Uh, my actual pick is Doom Eternal. It's oh. fair. It's fair. Doom Eternal. Mark, what's yours? All right, we got ourselves a standoff. Yeah, I know. And mine is All right, so let's just... Uh... <laughs> oh, if we settle on Mario Kart, I'm good then. Well, yeah. well, so let's be so, fair. Yes. Every game on here had good music. We wouldn't yes. have nominated it if it didn't. But Final Fantasy VII Remake has so much goddamn music. Too much music. All of, it, no, it's fantastic. Every boss has its own music. Every zone has music. There's music when you're not in battle that shifts perfectly into battle and then back out. The like You, you could give Final Fantasy VII Remake a sound design award. and We, we don't do that because we're not, you know really critics at that level but in terms of music you know doom eternal is fantastic and i have doom eternal tracks on a playlist but i have a lot more final fantasy final fantasy 7 tracks on that playlist 
the, the fact that it, it can be equal parts nostalgic and it can evoke all those same emotions that the original game did and the fact that it can also add all this new music that fits perfectly and and feels great and sounds great uh, is the biggest credit you can give to a remake. I would say for me, with my, what makes me go for Doom Eternal over Final Fantasy, while Final Fantasy has very good thematic, you know, situational music, I probably wouldn't, like, from my perspective, wouldn't listen to Final Fantasy's music outside of the game. Well, we're talking about in the game. No, I'm saying I wouldn't listen to it outside of the game. Wow in the game and i could listen to like a lot of doom eternal stuff like you know while running listen and, you know, if we were talking about listening so to I'm music saying, out of the game destiny 2 should have won the category the last, like, just says best years, music okay? it doesn't say where the b- music has to be located it just says best music this is if a it's game located of the in my playlist on show, spotify okay it counts. it's in the game <laughs> i'm just telling you what's my yeah. reasoning behind and, it. i know and i i said the same thing i said i have music in a playlist honestly with doom eternal it's like i said when we were introducing the list that music got you into the game even more it made you shoot faster hit harder jump double jump like it set like there's a lot of good music Final seven remake great music a lot of music the best music who knows but doom eternal it actually helped you with the it, it, the music really helped with the pacing of the game and kind of just set the atmosphere even more i don't need constant music playing and all these different tracks because i don't really care so doom eternal and i'm older so I'm the elder. Um, for me, um, as someone who doesn't have nostalgia for Final Fantasy VII, uh, but thought that the best part of the original game was the music, um, I think that the remake does a great job of uh, touching those tracks up, reimagining some of them, and adding tracks that like make 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 scenes in that game work. Um, I, I get the the argument for Doom Eternal that it it really adds to the pacing and I th- and that it helps with that. If I would say without without the kind of music that Final Fantasy VII remake has, its most important moments wouldn't hold nearly as much weight as they do. I think they're so critical to I th- I think how that game is presented. Um, that for for me again as someone with no nostalgia for Final Fantasy VII, um, I think it really shocked me as to how good the that soundtrack was. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of my argument, and we end where we began. Now, what do I have to do to convince you? Now, nah, I will never say. I don't actually care. I could oh, that. No, <laughs> uh, no conviction. Nah, You're just as bad as Greedfall. You're just as bad as Greedfall. All right. I actually think probably in the scheme of things and where music is placed, Final Fantasy probably does a better job with the music as far as the game. It's just I'm never going to listen to that outside of the game. I like I no and, that's, and that's fair but like you know for for me like here's the thing is like I didn't listen as far as I scope di- and ambition and stuff I think Final Fantasy has it in space I didn't, it's really impressive what they do with the music and how everything is seamless and as far as somebody who you know I don't want to say I study music but like dabbles into like how music is made and stuff that stuff is really impressive and I'm I'm okay with switching my yeah, for it. Like, I have no gripes against 
that like I do Destiny. Yeah, like for, for me, like as somebody who is a, a longtime Final Fantasy VII fan, I didn't listen to the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack every day. I listen, and I mean it, when I say every day, I listen to tracks from this soundtrack every single day. And it just carries such a weight. I can see the scenes play out in my head. Like, it, they're crystal clear. This music helps to make this game what it is in a way that, like, you know, Doom Eternal, yes. You know, like, it, it, Mark is absolutely right. Yes, that That game, that loop feeds off of that music and that aggression that it provides. But Final Fantasy VII just does a better job. In, in in the overall, Final Fantasy VII just does more with its music than even Doom Eternal does. I just want to say, uh, you know, maybe next time we should split this category and be like utilization of music or in soundtrack. Because I think, you know, it, based on the verbiage, these are two separate categories. Every you know year, I mean? we have, I feel like the music has always been the thing. The music is staying exactly the way it is. Because like then we got six different categories. Soundtrack. I mean, it doesn't have to. If it's no, because we did have it that way originally. It was best music, and then it was like Mm -hmm. best track, and or you know best tracks and stuff like that, or best like you know original score and things like that. And it's just like we're we're just talking overall music because you you can you can get way too granular, and like I I think music just talks everything, and and music can be con music can be contextual, music can be. You know, license. It can all be good. It's just that if it's was, used that was a well. serious. Just start your own music awards the... where it's like best start menu, best end credits. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't because there's why I didn't go for Final Fantasy You would see me in the corners. I was like Barrett, why are you doing that? I want to hear it proper. No, it was great that he did it. No, it wasn't. Sidebar. That was the that was the minuscule, you know, serious point. The real point was supposed to be the joke point, which is now I just imagine Chris in his shower in a powdered wig like an opera singer singing Final Fantasy every day. <laughs> like, Estrasentaries. <laughs> the worst part of that whole entire statement is I imagine Chris in a shower. I'm like, wait. <laughs> that's, just a powdered wig. I was just like... Yeah, that's an image that's burned in my eyes now. But I didn't imagine him naked. I imagined him in one of the shirts, like the, the velvet rolls with the ruffles in the shower somehow still washing. I just have my fucking. I have I my sword in there, you know. Just to doom I'm just hate showering to doom. Oh man, showering let's, to doom actually let's, sounds like a really good idea. Though. That sounds pain. No, that well. sounds just pain. Walk into the shower. Walk into the shower. The only thing they fear is you. Scrubbing his back with sandpaper. <laughs> I changed my vote. No, I'm kidding. Yes. All right. Can we please okay. move on? Here is one that best we do need to get a little more granular granular on. We got two categories for best visuals. This one is for technical visuals. So this is just how impressed we were with how pretty and real or just like how, oh my God, how did they do this? It looked. The, the nominees are The Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Demon Souls, and Wilson Lords of Mayhem. Wow. I just muted because we were feeding the pets and it was loud. So I was like, let me mute. Um, I'll start because mine's very easy. Uh, Because Miles Morales, I played nothing of it because I don't have a PS5 and I know it's on PS4, but I didn't feel like buying it. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is so technically sound with the, the, instead of like a trail to actually guide you like a little like yellow bar or anything, the wind in the foliage blowing in the wind the 
the little foxes, the shrines, even little things like when you had to climb up the different mountain trails and like there's fire and the bridge has got like so much technical details. The haiku scenes. I mean, I was trying to stream it and I was like, oh great, like double cheeked up trying to write a haiku. But everything about Ghost Tsushima is just so finely tuned with the technical. And that's 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 my vote because I didn't play any of the other ones except for Last of Us. I also agree with Ghost of Tsushima and more so with the foliage and stuff. It changes depending on where you're at. So if you're in one of the flower fields, the foliage that's blowing in the wind ends up being the red or yellow petals. Or like if you're in a grass field, it ends up being blades of grass. And you can see the little technical details even on my ancient PS4 first day <laughs> edition one. I also seen it played at my friend's Tuck's house on his fancy PS4, you know, Pro, whatever the fuck they call that shit. But yeah, it looks good. I haven't seen it on the PS5, but I imagine it looks better from the you stepping in mud to water, the way it, it only soaks up to the point where you stepped in, from the way, like, you see, like, the slashes on characters after you cut them, where the blood soaks. There's a lot of cool stuff visually about that. So for, for what it's worth, just just to clarify, for, for the talk of if it looks better on PS5, the PS5 stuff is strictly uh, resolution and frame rate. It is otherwise the PS4 Pro version of those games when it comes to The Last of Us and um, Ghost of Tsushima. It is the same visual prowess as the PS4 version. Uh, but it's just uh, it, it maintains its resolution Upstate. better and it maintains a higher frame rate. That's the only difference. Okay. Just you know, just full disclosure on that. For anybody who's listening as well, if they're wondering, hey, does it look that much better? It's going to look the same. You're just going to get better performance out of it overall. Um, Ross, I feel like this is really going to come down to if you're going to say Ghost of Tsushima next because that that's what I need to figure out. Yeah. Um, so I think Ghost of, uh, Ghost of Tsushima is uh, very technically sound. I think... Everything that uh, most of the things that you two have described up until now, I think artistically it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Personally, I would put it more in the artistic category because when it comes to characters in the game, the main cast look good um, in terms of facial mocap. Like the side characters look a little like a little last Jenny, uh, that sort of thing. Um, where I think. Technically, with the animation um, and the like, the facial animations of the characters in Last of Us Part Two, when you're Ellie and you sneak up and stab someone in the back of the neck, and you spin the camera around and you see like the, their eyes, their man. eyes, and the struggle in her face, and she's like gritting her teeth, and you can see all of that, coupled with just the that fidelity from Naughty Dog games. Um, I, th- I think, I think Ghost deserves to be on this list but for me ghost is more of an artistic achievement personally and i would go last of us part two if it were up to me like if if we were just talking pure technical prowess i would probably say demon souls strictly again because it is built for playstation 5 uh it does you know it, it is technically going to have those stronger textures you know even when you get closer like if you're getting to the nitty gritty of, you know, when I get close to this something to, to this wall, how muddy does it get? You know, Demon's Souls is going to outclass these other games just in terms of the fact that it's built for higher horsepower. Like, I've seen, in terms I agree, of, I've seen Demon's Souls, video, but I haven't played it firsthand to, like, actually see no, it, so I can't, you know. So, so <laughs> bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Zentite. 
Did you just snap the fucking mic? Yeah, off he your broke it. Yeah. You fucking beast. <laughs> wireless mic. <laughs> you know, I know it was oh, a no, wireless no, those mic. Two right here. I didn't <laughs> expect it was wireless like yeah. that. So That's great. here's the thing, though. And this is this is the problem because The Last of Us Part Two does more with its prowess than Demon Souls does. Because I spent so much time, I spent so much time in that goddamn photo mode, uh, taking pictures, just cause like I was just looking at scenes and just seeing like uh, it just. It's kind of like when the first Last of Us came out at the end of the PS3 generation. You're like, how the hell did they do this on a PS3? It's the same thing, but how did they do it on a PS4? And I just can't get over it. And it's it's just phenomenal. Like, the game just like... And that's coming from someone who's primarily a PC player. Like, I've seen some damn good-looking games... And then I still go back and play this on a console, and I'm just like, "Holy shit! Like, what are we doing?" Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's um, like it, it's like in the rain, like and if Ellie's standing under like water coming off the gutter, she'll like put up her hood, and you'll see her face like get chills. If you shoot someone in the head against a wall, you see brain matter actually stick to the wall and slide down slowly. Like the attention to detail, I think in that game, in terms of the screen the space visuals. reflections are really good. Um, yeah. Like, and the game, you know, again, I'm playing on a PS5. Uh, I I can't speak to how it would run on a PS4, but I, <clears throat> locked 30 frames, you know, and, and that's the thing is like, even though it's at 30 frames, it, it it never was a problem, which is like you know something we've talked about on this podcast about switching back and forth, you know, on like these Spider-Man games. And I talk about how I can't play them in 30 because I know they're 60. But this game, like, at no point did the frame rate... I forgot about it. I'll be honest. And that's the thing. And that's a credit to the visual quality of this game and its fidelity. Is... I never thought about it. That it was 30 frames, you know? And... I really... Really feel strongly that this game should win this category. And that is no disrespect to Ghost, but I, I, I agree with Ross. And honestly, I was kind of getting the feeling of that sounds more like artistic stuff. Uh, so that sounds more like for the next category. And I know Ghost of Tsushima is a great looking game. I've seen it. But I don't think it's Last of Us Part Two good. And, and this is and for me, this is someone I put like 60 or 70 hours into Ghost. I've covered every single corner of that map. And again, I think it's a gorgeous game. But I think Last of Us Part Two, in terms of this specific category, I think outclasses it. Have Have we swayed any? I you know either of you? Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm just looking at Mark's face. Oh, I'm trying like <laughs> someone's being loud making dinner, so I'm like, okay, let me just mute my mic some more. I'll say stuff eventually. Don't worry. Edit in this post, Chris. Take care of it. Um, I mean, I can be. Swayed. Oh God, is that all on your? That's on your. Track. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah, in, that's in the track. it is. Oh yeah, it's oh. in the track. But I made timestamps for you. Don't worry, kid. Okay, thank you. I always <laughs> make times. Yeah, I've showed you screenshots. I always take timestamps. Yeah, I'm very those, efficient. Please. You know, I have a podcast, but I'll pitch that later on. I know you. Do. Um, yeah. Honestly, I I could see the Last of Us two being like technical in the set, but like Ghost of Tsushima, I'm able to separate technical and artistics. Like artistic, yes, it is beautiful like the way they colored everything that's not great i just think 
tech technical execution of the game and his visuals is there, but I I'm not discrediting the other ones. Like I said, I've seen Demon Souls videos and this and that. It looks amazing, very technically sound. I would say probably the best in the Souls series from visuals and how in a technical standpoint. Same with Last of Us Part Two, very technical. The facial expression and everything else, really good. I wouldn't say The Last of Us Part Two is artistic. Ghost of Tsushima, yes, but... Well, that's a different category, but yeah. I, I'll fight you on that. Yeah, but, I mean, I could be swayed to The Last of Us, but... Boom. For Chris, I could also be swayed to Demon Souls. Because then Demon Souls would get two and the other ones would only get one. I'm saying I, all the three that we have not eliminated, all three of them are great and could all I be don't, argued for them being the as best. good as Demon Souls looks. I think you take one look at one of those characters in The Last of Us Part Two oh, and you a, know I got a, I got a PayPal. Oh, OK, I got a PayPal notification from Chris. So my vote's The Last of Us Part Two. Perfect. My hands are, I don't know. Shut up! Mark. Actually, I just got your text. Actually, I just got your text message from before. Even though I read it, it just yeah, popped up no, again, yeah. and I'm like, "What?" Oh. All right, so we are in agreement. Uh, you, Nat, you're you're feeling good about the Last of Us. Still All right, three. It's Nat still three is votes, indifferent so, about the yeah, Last of Us. Yeah, he's indifferent. He's like, no. Last of Us Part Two. Uh, best visuals, artistic. Let's get to the other side of that coin. Mm. I'm assuming you two are both voting for Ghost of Tsushima again. Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. Because now it's artistic and we know what I'm going to vote. are you voting for Ghost of Tsushima? Yes. Okay. Do you want to add anything to what you said already about Ghost of Tsushima? Well, here's my rules for this game of the year. <laughs> I am only voting for games primarily that I've played. And the only other game on this list that I... Actually, I played two games. Three games on this list. Cool. I played Hades. <laughs> I played Animal Crossing. You know, we didn't go over the nominees. I'm sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> the nominees for this category are Hades, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Animal Crossing New Horizons, The White Door, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us Part 2. I still have no idea what The White Door is. Because you didn't play it. Okay, so The White Door is an indie game. Um, <laughs> the developers of this game, they make a lot of weird, crazy games. Um, the White Door is... This doesn't really have to do with the visuals, but it's basically a, a story of mental health. Um, this guy kind of lost his memories, and the whole goal of the game is he's seeing in... He can't see color. Oh, you told me about this already. Except for red. All he can see at the beginning of the game is red. So he sees a red button, he sees the yeah. white door and all that stuff. And the thing is, is they're trying to kind of bring the color back to his life. They're kind of trying to bring him back to himself out of his depression and out of what yeah. he's going through. So the whole evolution of the story is bringing color back to his life, um, which, which which is a huge part of it. And like why it's so why this game you know exactly belongs here uh, because the artistic element is also ingrained in the story, you know? Okay, cool. Um, Not which... What? I said, okay, cool, but I'm... I, I'm no, just, that's it's that's fine. Um, well, I was like, the, the gameplay, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I remember this. Yeah. I'm like, but this doesn't really... But I already know what I'm voting for, so I was going to yeah. let you guys talk um, about, like, what you're doors. A very, very lovely game. It remind because remember um, you told me about it, it reminded me of that The Missing game that came out. I don't know if you guys played that, the indie one. I don't know if that was last year or the year before. It was very, no real, like, 
like no one talked about it, but it reminds me of that one. Yeah. Um, Ross, what, what, what are you thinking? Um, my two were between Hades and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and I think one of the main things Supergiant does is style and artistry. Um, and I think just the design of the character design of that game and even down to the weapon design, um, I think is just is special. Um, and everyone in that game is attractive, which doesn't hurt if you're playing the game for 100 hours. Um, so I think it's close for me, honestly, between Hades and Ghost of Tsushima, but I'd probably lean Hades uh, by a smidge. Okay. Is anybody voting? If I have to reiterate my Ghost of Tsushima take, as far as artistic goes, the vistas and the moments where they zoom in and the, the perspective is kind of forced from the battles to to like the haikus and other stuff. Gesundheit. Uh, I think Ghost of Tsushima is very artistically pleasing. And as somebody who's a fan of... of <coughs> Of like all oh, the Kirikuasa like samurai movies and stuff, like the stuff they do to make it feel like some of these older samurai flicks, I feel like are really above and beyond. And everything I said for visual last time that you guys took for artistic, I feel like the way like the the visual representations of the animals representing like certain spirits guiding you from the way the leaves blow, the little details in that game, I feel like go above and beyond. Some of the prettiest scenes I've seen so far, like when you walk up to the Hot Springs Village where you find the archer guy, mm. that area is really gorgeous and I feel like just kind of, you know, oozes on how much Sucker Punch put in on the art side of this game. So, yeah, that's my, that was my TED Talk on Ghost of Shima. No, that was your nat talk. talk. That was a nat talk. Very good. That Very was good a nat talk. talk. Um, is anybody voting for Animal Crossing? Uh, it's not copyrighted quick? yet. We can't put that out. No, I'm not no, voting no, for I don't think. Okay. I, I took out the white door. I took out Animal Crossing. I'm going to take out Destiny 2 Beyond Light because when I put it on here, I was really feeling it. And I'm not going to lie. I wrote the final say for that as well. And let me tell you, I don't feel as strongly about the visuals as I did. Um, listen, I'm willing to take The Last of Us Part 2 off of this. That was my addition. I really think, just for, for what it's worth, I think that game is just gorgeous and the way that they made the post-apocalypse look beautiful uh, is, is, is a real credit to that team. Um, like, again, I've spent so much time in photo mode, just like taking pictures because like when, when the greenery just pops off your screen, you know, when, when the colors kind of overwhelm you, when the light, you know, comes through the trees and things like that, or, or through the window and it catches the curtains in the hotel kind of thing. Like the, the art sets the scene for this game just as much as the acting and the quality visuals do. Um, the Last of Us two, Part Two, absolutely. I, I you know, I, I know a lot of people scoff at it because it is a technical game. It absolutely belongs on this list. Maybe not as much as some of the other games on it, though. Um, I agree. And Mark, what are you Hades. voting for? Okay, because I'm also voting Hades. Because remember, years and years ago, I was you and Ross were the indie guys, not me. 
I was like, AAA or JRPGs only. And outside of Journey, which changed my mind completely about how I felt about indie games, Supermassive came along with a game like Bastion, Transistor. Supergiant. Supergiant. Yeah, I was thinking about the disheartening comments about Little Hope that were made. And I'm still not over that. And, the uh, true comments. No, you can go. The truth nope, hurts sometimes, nope. Mark. I'm keeping a PG, so you can go uh, front door yourself. And Hades, once again, it's like that visual style now. Ever since playing Bastion and Transistor, and now Hades, like that's almost my favorite art style for video games now. Like I want more games to look like that and be presented like that. Like I. Because it's kind of like when they're talking, it's kind of like the visual novel style, like a Persona game, and it's that's like so. I'm like, they just really made like that style's my favorite now. So it's like to the point where it's like I'm now going out of my way to look for and find more games similar to that art style of visuals and gameplay, and that's why I voted for Hades. Like it's just I thought it was funny. I was trying to sell one of my game. My friends on the game like you got to check this out. And he's like, oh, that's an indie game. He's like, what? What about some AAA titles? Like, no, trust me. Like, you're getting more than your money's worth with this game. It looks. I mean, like, it's one of a few games where like constantly talking about the visual appeal, less about the roguelike and how much fun it is just grinding in that game. Like Ross said, put that many hours into it, never get tired looking at it. I don't need a break from looking at that game. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way, and I feel like like Ghost of Tsushima, you know, definitely has like a, a very distinctive look, but it just like I feel like Ghost of Tsushima just kind of gets gets exhausting after a while, and I I think you put it really well, Mark. Is like I I feel like a game like that just gets kind of tiring, and it's like it it, it does have beautiful landscapes and it has all these things, but a thing like Hades. It's not only beautiful the first time you see it, but it's beautiful the hundredth time yeah. you've seen it, you know? And it has to because it's a game that you're constantly running through over and over and over again. And, you know, the stylized portrayal of the gods and, you know, all this, all, all these little subtle flares to it. And you pick um, up on more of them the more I, you play, too. As you're playing, you I don't see think more any, environmental yeah. like things. It's great. I don't think anybody does it better than... Pardon me. Then uh, Supergiant, and you know, in, in a year where Hades doesn't come out, Ghost of Tsushima probably wins this category. Oh yeah, and it's probably not even close, you know. And so, Ross, is that kind of where you're at? Yeah, I mean, uh, with with two of you guys on Hades and me being like basically on the fence, leaning Hades, I think Hades probably wins this one. But because yeah, I, yeah. if if Hades was not here. And we would have counted it like an early access, and it would have been not on this list. Goes to Sushi Mode. Aren't you glad we didn't do that last year? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say I nominated Hades last year for a bunch of stuff, and they told me I couldn't. So I also didn't play it till this year. It also wasn't one point. Yeah, (laughs) you know. All right, so Hades wins best visuals artistic. Sidebar, sidebar, mm, sidebar, 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 sidebar. Uh, as, you know, super indie guy over here, I, I, this is not to take away from Hades. I enjoy Hades. The visuals might be my least favorite part of that game. Actually, I'm not quite fond of the visuals, which is why I wasn't as on board as you guys for that guy. But I do think him. it looks That's cool. Fair. But I'm just Shun not, him. I'm just not. 
I'll leave. Right Listen, now. I I was the I guy up here fighting anyway. for the post-apocalyptic game. You know. Hey, hey. Um, we all, we all grow as people in opinions over the years. You know, so so credit to Nat for sticking to his guns. I think the port. I think the portraits look really yeah. cool. I like the portraits, but outside of that, I'm not quite fond of the rest of it. Like, I think it looks cool, but I'm not like particularly blown away. Mm-hmm. So our next category. Best multiplayer. This can be competitive or co-op, but this is a game that came out this year. That's the only requirement for this one. Uh, nominees are Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Valorant, Rogue Company, Unfortunate Spaceman, and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Does anybody feel strongly, I feel like Nat does, but does anybody feel strongly about any of these right away? I do. Okay. Destiny 2 Beyond Light. I played Destiny for three hours last year because it was on Game Pass and I wanted to get back into it and I asked Chris about it and I got really confused of how everything was. So I thought, hey, why don't I just jump into competitive and, you know, that's a good way to get gear. And I got to tell you, those three hours were the most fun I had playing any online competitive or co-op of the whole entire year for those three hours compared to everything else on this list at least. That was the most fun I've had for three hours. Like, because oh I played a lot of single player RPGs last year. Not a lot of co op and online happened, but I did actually enjoy my brief time with Destiny Two, and I do plan on revisiting it at some point this year. I don't. I hate them. I don't plan on arguing for it, but Warzone is definitely supposed to be here as well. Oh yeah. Because I added How did it Warzone? To I thought it was on Valorant and. Warzone to both Cause, multiplayer. Because I, I did play Warzone also, but this Crash Ghost, I swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since Crash Four came around. Um, okay, so Call of Duty Warzone is also a nominee. It's not too late. Mark, does that change your vote? Honestly, no, because I rage quit okay. playing Warzone, and while I had fun, it was like anger fun. Whereas Destiny Two, I like genuinely enjoyed it. I can go on because I feel like I nominated most of the games in this category, surprisingly. Um, so I believe I put at least Animal Crossing was the game. I no, put I there. actually Warzone. put that there to round out the category. I did Crossing. that earlier. Okay. At least I intended to. I took care of it for Put you. Animal Crossing there. Uh, Valorant, Rogue Company, and Warzone are games I put there, and I intended to put Animal Crossing there. But um, yeah, so this really depends. Because at least the three games, well, all, well, the four games I enjoy that are on this list, I feel like aren't for different reasons. And actually, one of them I don't enjoy. So those three games I enjoy, one game I don't enjoy, but I think it's the biggest out of this list. And it's probably going to be the game with the longest tail. And it just depends on are we voting for what we think is going to be the best game <laughs> or what are we voting for what we like the most? Because I probably had the most fun in animal crossing and i probably had the most like friendship time in call of duty warzone like really a reason why i got in touch with like some of my high school friends i haven't played in a while and road companies which which was the multiplayer game (laughs) that you enjoyed playing the most this year i enjoyed playing the most this year I can't see that's the problem. I don't know if I like for me personally, it have to be a combination of 
what I think is going to end up being like not end up, but what I think is is like quality wise and enjoyment. If I'm just voting on enjoyment, it's Animal Crossing. But if I'm voting on like a round like of the targets, I think Valorant is in spades like the best multiplayer game this year. Warzone is cool, but I play. I ended up playing Warzone was just a way for me to get back into Call of Duty multiplayer. I kind of stopped playing Warzone after a while. So I feel like I can't in honest vote for. Warzone. I feel like Warzone doesn't stay because I don't think anybody else is going to vote Warzone. I just feel like we would have an incompetent list if Warzone. No, wasn't you're, on you're, you're, that that is totally fair, and it was supposed to be there. Um, Ross, where are you at? I've played one of these games, which is Animal Crossing. And I think the multiplayer in that game is bad. Um, I, I think the I think the the load times to get in and out of someone's village is way too long. I think what you can do while you're there is way too limited. Um, yeah, I, I like I had fun. Like my wife and I had fun like visiting each other's islands, but we would be there for like a couple minutes and then be like. I can't do much. I guess I'll just go back to my island now. And then we'd have to sit through another like 45 second load time. And like, if you're, if you're going to an island with a group of people, anytime someone leaves, everyone has to deal with that load time. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't, uh, I think we've made it the whole episode without someone dropping the, I don't have a horse in this race, but (laughs) I truly don't because I've only played one of these games and I don't think that aspect of it is very good. Okay. I'm a little torn. Uh-oh. I'm going to die. If I'm going to die on a hill, my vote is for Valorant and not Animal Crossing. I feel like Ross is like Animal Crossing is probably, probably my Animal favorite Crossing. game on this list. But yeah, I definitely didn't really care as much as the multiplayer, as much as I did. Like, hey, look at this. Yeah. And not as much as playing the game. With so here's my thing. I could not be less interested in Valorant um, if I tried right now. Um it's just not my speed. Um, and I fucking hate, I hate the meta right now in destiny two's, uh, PVP, but I, I have fun playing it for the most part. Um, and then there's, you know, the fact that destiny two is a lot more than PVP, Unfortunate Space Man, I had I made some memories in that game this year. Um Unfortunate Space Man is very you never played that with us, Nat? It, it, it's Yes, at least as from my knowledge, the one day you guys were playing, I couldn't make it home, so I never got that. I have no idea what that That's game is. That's a game I, I I want. So basically it's it's published by New Blood. Um, the people who publish like Dusk and Ultra Kill oh, and okay. all that. Um, so it's a first person, you know, you're a space guy. Yeah. You're going around, you're doing tap. It's basically Among Us, but first person. But Among Us got popular yeah, right as saying, okay. Unfortunate Spacemen was leaving early access. So Among Us kind of took over the narrative. Unfortunate Spacemen, you're running around, like you're trying to do tasks. You're trying to like, you know, send data up. You know, like Unfortunate Spaceman is such a fucking goofy, fun game. Like you could be putting this thing in, you know, a little launch tube. It looks like a porter potty, but you put this little sample in this thing and it launches it into space. But if you push your friend into it, it launches them into space and they die. I like that. That sounds fun. 
Yeah. And if you walk in with it, you get launched to space and die. Unless you have a perk, magnetic boots, that lets you not die, then you just take damage. And so that's the thing. There's like perks, there's all this, and it's fun. Like you're going around, you're doing tasks, and all of a sudden you hear your friends screaming and you hear a bunch of shooting, and there's a monster just running around, flailing like an idiot. Or maybe you're by yourself with somebody you think you can trust, and you're like, hey, thanks for having my back, man. Then you hear, and that's what it actually sounds like. And now he's the monster, and you're running around screaming, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. That's the title this of this episode. This looks <laughs> so much more appealing than Among Spell Us. Spell that. I don't want to I would rather play this than Among Us. Unfortunate Spaceman is great. And I would... I would... <sighs> Part of me wants to say Destiny, but my heart might be with Unfortunate Spaceman. Does that mean can I can I bring can I bring any of you onto this ride with me? It's free too, so we can all play it if we want to. I um they have a dead space costume, so I am dressed as Isaac Clark. Uh, So that's automatically the best dead space game of 2020. Well, the second best dead space game of 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, like like I said, I've only played one of these, but out of out of all of these, probably. That sounds the most interesting to me out of everything that's left. So, I mean, if I have to give like a phantom vote, I guess it would be for for that one. Come on, come on this journey with me, and we can be unfortunate spacemen together. Mark, because are you right in? Now, I I'm not gonna vote for a game I haven't played. What if I play it and then I don't like it because it's trash? Then I'm gonna feel like I. It sounds appealing, but I played you it. Check you already PayPal. have enough votes I'm to kidding. win with that. Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, normally, point? I would just, like, I don't care. I move my vote. But I feel like this is one of the situations where I want my legacy to show that I called Valorant. That's fine. All right. So, so, Mark, are you still on Destiny? I am. Okay. I have to go based on actual, like, I, even though the meta, like you said, is broken, I don't know what the meta is, so I can't really. But, like, I from what hate... I played, I had a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. I would hate for Destiny to win a category when even I didn't want to vote for it. <laughs> like, right. oh the ultimate God. irony. I can't. Hey, I now. really can't. How do you feel I, about I, me never yeah. saying anything bad the, about Greedfall again? Stasis, just like, it, it, I have fun and I play well in it. Wait, but say? Stasis is the most fucking infuriating thing they have added to Destiny. It just being frozen sucks in any game. Everyone is May from Overwatch. Every fucking person. You turn around a corner, Warlock hits their melee, you're frozen. Hunter's in the air, drops their grenade, slams it. You're dead from eight meters away. Like, it's just so stupid. So and I hate it. Is, and the, the, the PvP is just so dull now with Stasis. anger is based off of a skill issue on your part. All right, mister. I played Destiny for three hours. And I won every time because I'm amazing. I'm a natural. I'm a prodigy. I was going to say, I don't know what you said. Oh, I said, I could, I said if you want to vote for Destiny 2 with me, like, I'll never make fun of Greedfall. I'm just saying you're... He's not gonna do You're that. Barking up the wrong I know. Yeah, I fucking. Hate I know. This. And plus, also, <laughs> burning I never want to not make songs. a greedfall joke, so that kind of would like work out in my favor. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this and, is a weird and for what it's worth, never, 
never never talk to me about destiny again i guess mark because you have no clue you can't well you can use stasis but you haven't even unlocked it yet yeah. you're going to talk to me about balance and stasis well, and skill there is no the skill meta. involved in stasis i don't know the meta that's all i said like you pick you a be... warlock and you just press the buttons and the game plays itself good i like that it's freaking you should be a warlock it's, it's super space it's perfect simulator. for you there is no skill involved I'm just saying they're the strongest I, class in the game, and it's not played. even funny. I haven't. I'm not going to vote for a game I haven't played. I mean, if anything, I'll vote for Valorant then because I've actually played Valorant. I haven't played Valorant because the only ones I played on here is Destiny 2, Valorant, Rogue Company, and Animal All right, Crossing. Awards. Here's where I'm at, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I would vote Valorant before I vote Destiny. Uh, this year has Valorant. just been kind of <laughs> that's, that's what he's been. there you go. <laughs> There you go. I will honest wins, to God I'll... vote for Valorant because I've watched Valorant on Twitch yeah. and it's immensely entertaining no, no, to watch, but fun. I would never play it. And I'm just kind vote, of really pissed at Valorant. Destiny right now. I'm... I would still like to see if I could sway some people to Unfortunate Spacemen. I mean, I'm it's not looking like I now. Mean, I really like, feel like I'm going to vote for a game I played. Destiny. So. And I didn't hate Listen, everybody <laughs> makes mistakes, Mark, and not playing Unfortunate Spacemen was your mistake. I just found out about it like 10 minutes ago. coming at me about Destiny, because now you just made me angry I again. I didn't come at you. I just flat out said, I don't know what the meta I is, just so say, if you're going to yeah, be that yeah. salty. That a vote for Valorant is for vote for the right side of history, guys. We have now increased play. our... Mark, what's the, what's the search? What's the search optimization? SEO. The SEO? SEO. SEO, we just optimized that by nominating Valorant for best multiplayer. I'm investing in our future, guys. We did it. I feel like he's going to try and sell I'm his so Bitcoin I'm so glad next. this is on video this year. Oh, you guys need Valorant to watch that wins. part of the video. Valorant wins our best multiplayer. Oh, oh, my God. I can't believe that's how that went. And there's games. What the fuck? Fuck. There's games missing on the next category. I didn't actually think anybody was. All right, and then here's here's the funny part because here's another category. Okay, best ongoing game, game as a service, continually updated, that kind of thing. Nominees: Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Final Fantasy 14, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Valorant. I'm voting for Apex Legends. And also, uh, I put I don't know why it's not there. Uh, Division Two: Warlords of New York was on there. But I don't know why it's no, not there. No, I probably took it off because you shit on it the whole time yeah, during the Jennies. But that's why I wanted to shit on it some more. I wasn't it done. Doesn't, no, I had, no. I had high fiber. <laughs> I had more high fiber to shit on it. I'm no, full of fiber, ready is, to go. This is about <laughs> celebrating games. I'm voting for Apex Legends celebrate. because Apex Legends has never been more fun than it is right now. I did get back into Apex like a couple months ago. Apex Legends is it's fucking phenomenal. It has been a lot of fun. Here's So I, I just want to talk about these games for a little bit. We didn't read the, the categories, so I'll start this off. And as did he just say, I didn't read the thing I just read. Yep. Yeah, he did read you, it out loud. Just read it. I know you said Apex. No, he read the whole thing. Listen, I said I read the whole thing. Wow, wow. my bad. I blanked wow. out. <laughs> blanked out. I wasn't here for the wow. two minutes to okay. take you to do that. But Ross is going so to listen to Ellie sing sad songs because he can't handle this life anymore. <laughs> Ross is gonna go scratch his vinyls in here yeah. <laughs> and hear the audio coming. He's from gonna come back with like a portable vinyl strapped to his side with like old headphones on, just two subwoofers yeah, on uh, his back. 
I, I refuse to give Destiny a vote for Well, anything. Destiny's not going to win this anyway, so let's just cross it out. <laughs> and I thought I was anti-Destiny. I, give, Nat, I didn't know Nat was anti-Destiny. While this year I of Destiny admire, has hurt me more than any other year of Destiny. While I, while I really... like, So here's the thing. Is I haven't... I played Apex, right? And I really like what Apex has going on. And I think as far as what they do to the game... It's probably the most impressive, and they're probably supporting it the best out of these games. But that, but I fucking hate Apex. I can't win with him. That's the problem. I can't with him. <laughs> to save is I would life, vote for okay? Apex, it's just but I hate I the game. Hates. <laughs> no, it's not a you thing. Is like I just can't get See, with Apex. All these and years, I like, Chris always like, thought I, I admire what him. they have going on, but I like I'll vote for Apex because I like Please the do. community and what they do with it. <laughs> But I fucking I just wanted That's to be fine. on record that I hate the That's game. That's fine. But I do like what they have going on. I like the way they change up the map constantly, and the new I don't know what the fuck they call the characters in that champions. game. Uh, champions. 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 Yeah, champions. Is that what they call yeah. it? No, I think they're legends. Same difference. Okay. Same difference. Legends. Literally called Apex. That would legends. make sense. <laughs> that would, actually, that would that actually make sense. Make sense. <laughs> ah, now we know the name and why it's so there. The way- the new legends they add and stuff and the way they balance guns I think is really cool and it's definitely probably one of the more like competitive games on this list. I think Valorant might edge it out for competitive, but Apex is more like, you know, pick up and have fun with friends and not get shit on for three hours like that. Okay. So, Can I ask? I mean, although that still happens for me, so I guess I, I wanna narrow this down a little bit. Do we have any advocates for Warzone? Show of hands. I no, mean, okay. Is we're voting for what I like. Warzone is fantastic. <laughs> I just want to say, like, oh, no, Warzone... They did a lot of good. I, like, I liked Warzone enough that it made me want to play Apex again, and then Apex is just so good, I don't want to go back to Warzone, is kind of where I'm at. But I love watching... War. I probably have more time watching Warzone than I do anything else on Twitch this year. Because um, Warzone say, is fun, yeah. but I will never be as good at it as the people who play Call of Duty like regularly. I'll never be as good at that. I won uh, two times in a row on my stream a couple months ago. So, I've still never won, but I won plenty in Apex, man. Fucking love that. I also won in Apex. I've won a bunch in Apex. Is anybody never here screened. for Final Fantasy fourteen yes. right now? and I would like to share my screen for my PowerPoint okay. presentation as to why I hate Division 2. Wait, uh, can I get my screen share has been denied. Warzone real quick, why I'm not... Why I'm not voting? Why I don't care that we're eliminating Warzone? So Do we need if Warzone would have changed more with the release of Cold War, aside from the addition of guns and stuff, I might have edged. Didn't they change the map now? Made a very okay. minuscule. Like it's not much. It's not it's a like Verdansk. It's still, it's still Verdansk. I thought they were gonna open like a new map and stuff. If they would have done that, maybe I would have went more for Warzone, but. The guns from Cold War are just all really overpowered and kind of messes with the balance of the game. And I do feel like this is like this is kind of where it's going to like kind of flail out and die is in this war in this Cold War transition. I don't think they at least from what I've seen so far, they haven't given me a reason to believe that it's going to get better in its current state. While I do think Apex and Valorant are both going to get better in their current state. So I can't rightfully, on the hinge of the service word, vote for that game when I think the service is going to That's fair. That's completely fair. Mark. So if I'm voting between Apex and Valorant. Five is 14. I don't know. I'll see where you guys play your cards. My turn. Okay. Listen. Okay. (laughs) So five is 14. 
Man, she's making food, and I'm mad she's being loud, but I'm also hungry, so I'm kind of want some. But that's that's a sidebar. Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm surprised this game. Like, yes, there's a monthly subscription. Yes, it's an MMO, but the fact that they keep adding so much stuff constantly, they somehow added Final Fantasy Tactics into like the lore and the characters that into Final Fantasy fourteen. Then they're adding more like the Emerald Sapphire, like those weapons in as primal battles. It, like they just keep adding more, and they keep doing crossover events like Yokai Watch. They they you know the different holiday events, obviously. Then they did the Final Fantasy Thirteen crossover. They brought it back. There's that Final Fantasy Fourteen is doing a lot more with content and like revolving events that isn't getting any like real traction on social media for people to realize unless you actually play the game and you get the emails about it. That game they're just constantly adding to it, tweaking things. Is that it's what those games like let's see when was it announced 2013 it was announced and it's still just going strong in most mmos like burnout like outside of wow like you know it was a competitor but they just keep adding to it and making new difficulty levels adding another raid to omega weapon and this that it's just like they're really expanding their own kind of almost like a culmination of every Final Fantasy game into an MMO and somehow connecting all the games into like this almost like multiverse. If I can use some MCU lingo, there's a multiverse in Final oh, Fantasy wow. 14 is the hub. So now that they have like Rams and everyone else from Final Fantasy Tactics is now in there. We've had lightning from Final Fantasy 13 and snow and everyone else in there. And it's just, they keep adding more and more content and it's a revolving door. So say you want to start playing 14 now. Yeah, you missed out on the events. Guess what? They'll be back. But then there'll also be new ones, too, because they always cater when more of their Square Enix titles come out. They'll add something. You better believe if Square Enix is publishing a major title, something will be in 14 for it. And I like that. I like that. And it keeps it fresh. And the newest expansion and everything else just really drastically changed just... It's not boring and grinding like World of Warcraft was. From an MMO, MMO the fact that you could play it every day and this and that and not feel like you're just repetitively playing the same thing over and over again is nice and i would definitely vote for Final fantasy 14 and i'm not opposed to apex legends because i got back into that about in november and i've actually been having a lot of fun playing apex legends and i haven't played since the first couple weeks of season two and i've actually and it fun. has crossplay now they brought that this well year. aware and i like so so we could play together if you wanted uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, it might bring me down, because I'm really good. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about, bringing you I'm down. really good as Mirage, and like... I bet I have more wins than you. You don't, actually. I got more wins today than you got in your whole entire profile. One. I was trying to push a button this, on this my uh, Elgato to make us fade out, because I don't have my... Chris is pretty good. Oh, I know he's actually Apex. good. I'm actually really good, too. I've seen him stream. I'm, I'm I've watched him stream. Apex. He's actually really good. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't know. I haven't seen you play. That's because I don't stream so. it. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm great, but I'm no, pretty good. No, Chris is pretty good. I can, I've seen, I can I've seen win me streams. some games. I've seen you win a few games. So, but So for me, this is like at the Game Awards, the best esports athlete <laughs> category. I don't <laughs> care. I genuinely don't care for this category. I've played three of these games. Just vote for Apex. Over... Over like just the, say you're voting for Apex. A few years, Final Fantasy 14. I'm stuck in the hell between 
uh, Realm yeah, Reborn and get, trying to get to Heavensward. I'm stuck there. Uh, Destiny 2, I liked playing multiplayer competitive. I feel like more consistently than, than Chris has. Um, I have more time in competitive play. now than you probably have in Destiny. <laughs> I, that's not what I said. I know. That's no, but I'm just saying that like me. it's come full circle. We all, no misquoting. <laughs> we all know. Uh, and I played Apex Legends and I don't like BRs. So I don't really... Any, it sounds like there's two for Apex, so yeah. I think that Do you wins. still play 14 rounds? Because I, I don't. Uh, I bought a six-month subscription oh, over Christmas. They, so I'm trying to get back in. Are you still in. on the same server from before? Oh, yeah. I'm still on that server. I still play, so I can help you get to Heaven's Word. Cool. That would be cool. So Apex Legends? Yeah, because like I said, it's between 14 and Apex <laughs> for both my two choices. Like I actually genuinely enjoy Apex now. Like cause In Season 2, I stopped really liking it. I kind of fell off around then too, around season three uh, I is when I kind of fell off and I came back for season six and like, listen, I'm not proud of it, but they were running an event at the end of season six and I was playing so much Apex Legends, I might have spent $100 on Apex coins to get the caustic uh, uh, heirloom hammer. And let me tell you what, I'm a caustic main now and I don't regret it because he's fucking fun and I get to just yell random shit about people dying all the time. It's great. I'm so that shocked that you spent weird. $100 and made my camera autofocus out because when you said that $100, I was like, what? And then my camera was like, what? Yeah, Let's no, go I was going to spend it. I was hoping to get a skin and I didn't get it. And I was like, well, I'm going all the way because at this point I might as well get the hammer. And so I got it. And because the event was only like a week longer and I just come back to the game and I was like, I want this. And so here I am. I've put more money. I Ow. put at least as much money into Apex as I have into Destiny you this year. You fell for the surprise mechanics because apparently they're not microtransactions. Yeah, but you know what? At least in a game I like, I have no problem spending money. And Apex, I have no problem spending that money. I just wanted to, you know, close this out with saying, normally speaking, like, like typically on the scheme of games, me and Chris tend to like the same type of games. It's just whatever it is about Destiny and Apex. Destiny, I just don't like. I experienced that completely outside of Chris. Apex, it might be a little bit on Chris's fault. I, I own that, but I'm still telling honest. you we should try it but, again. I'm better but. now. I'm way too competitive for my own good. Ross knows it. You know it. I can't help that's it. That's why I don't like. That's why I don't like playing competitive games with Chris mm. because I feel like he his fuse for competitive multiplayer is so small, and I just it's don't want like to deal that with that. It's like that in StarCraft 2 Also, it's just anything competitive. Nah, no, that's is, it's not my not views. A, that's the problem no. in StarCraft. <laughs> I say wow. this is not a this is not a it is not even a thing I blame Chris for. I feel like me and Chris had a really serious heart to heart on this that we don't need to get into. But you know, just for my own sanity, I was like, Chris, I am not going to play Apex with you for our friendship <laughs> and for my. You should sanity. try it again, like, Nat. I'm telling you, we can do it. Don't do it, Nat. It's a trap. I'm telling you, I enjoy our friendship. Chris, <laughs> no, we can enjoy do where it. we're at in a He's place like, we'll right say now. That'll be hurtful. I am good. Play. Trust me, I play with people who who actually you know who do frustrate me. You you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm good. We play plenty of multiplayer games. I'm fine. But I'm we don't need to revisit it. So Ross, about those best new entries in an existing right. franchise. I would love to move on to the next category. Mark, <laughs> I can smell Thank food you. and it's hurting me. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, yeah, best new entry in an existing franchise nominees are The Last of Us Part Two, Doom Eternal. Gears Tactics, Watch Dogs Legion, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Astro's Playroom. 
So I'm going to get mine out of the way because I know no, no one's going to vote for this, but I feel like it deserves at least an explanation. Gears Tactics. Gears is a beloved franchise, and they tried something new making an XCOM-style game. Same with Halo. Great franchise. Love Halo. And then Halo Wars came out, and they tried something new, and it worked. I think not enough people are giving Gears Tactics the credit it deserves because a lot of people didn't play Gears 5, or they're still about Gears 4. But I give them so much credit for the quality and how much I actually personally enjoyed playing Gears Tactics. I don't know what's going to vote for that one. It's on my to-play list. I have it downloaded. And it's on Game Pass, which is really convenient, so I love Game Pass. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't checking Gears Tactics out. I just haven't checked it out yet. I do like myself a good XCOM-style game. Um, I don't think uh, Miles Morales wins this category. I think it is a, a focused version of the 2018 full game, and I think it trims the fat, but um, I think in, in some ways it is better than the original, but not enough to um, win this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I So, right now, of the list, I would think the, the, the list right now would be Last of Us Part Two, Doom Eternal, and Astro's Playroom until we can narrow it further from there. Um, Ross, do you feel so strongly about Astro's Playroom uh, over any other game on this list? Well, I haven't played Doom Eternal, um, but I am familiar with the reboot style, as I did play through Doom 2016. Um, For me personally, Astro's does more for me than Doom does, um, but that's just a, a personal taste thing. Um, so uh, I think I'm the only one who's played Astro, so I'm fine with it going off the list, but for, for me, it would, it's a very, very strong contender. Nah. Uh, for me, oh. Oh, I was just, Nat did like the lean, so I was like, oh, what's Nat going to say? Cause... I don't know, I was going to say, I haven't played any of the games on this list. There's only one that I would even entertain on winning this with my vote, you know, for history, but I feel like it's very clear. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, just say you didn't play any games on this list, and then There's you, best. weren't you fighting for Doom Eternal for sound music? No, I heard the <laughs> like, I heard the soundtrack. Oh, my friend Tyler actually played. I watched him stream a bunch, and I was like, "Wow, the soundtrack is better than I even expected." It is real good. It is. Mark- uh, like I haven't played Ashley's Playroom for like I'm leaning more towards yeah. Doom Eternal, but reading the panel the the hollywood square panel going on right now uh i assume it's just gonna go to last of us part two i mean i'm not gonna hold y'all i just don't want to be down on paper voting against that because i think that's gonna be you know, book so especially yeah. this is the, the list. last of us part two is I my, vote. my name and <laughs> my picture to be oh this guy voted again <laughs> i'm going with the right side of history it's uh Mark, do you say you don't have a PS5? I thought you did have a PS5. No, I don't. I'm not. I have no. I have no real like now. need to get one. I until there's actual like exclusives only and stuff isn't still supported on the PS4. Like I don't really see a need. Did get that new gotcha. Xbox though. Well, um, well, everyone should play Astro's Playroom whenever they get a PS5. It is delightful. I've heard nothing but good things about it. But 
Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, my my vote is Last of Us Part Two. I really see. I'm in kind of the flip camp of a lot of critics of the game. I really liked the original, but I didn't love it. This one I did love. But Nat, you pointed at the camera. Yeah, that was just me acknowledging. That that's his. Saying. That's his like yeah. agreement. Oh, He's I, like, yes, you, sir, you're good. I have much stronger overall feelings towards the sequel than I did the original. The original, I did not like the act of playing it. And ultimately, I did enjoy playing The Last of Us Part Two, uh, like the moment-to-moment gameplay. Um, I have my gripes about it, but I really, really think that's, you know, and, and having played Doom Eternal, uh, you know, I, I think the gameplay loop in Doom Eternal, you know, purely from that standpoint overall is exciting and is definitely, you know, would warrant winning this, but I just think The Last of Us Part Two does more overall uh, as a game and as a sequel than Doom Eternal does. I feel like I'm the only one who likes The Last of Us Part One more than Part Two, just from the standpoint of, like, nothing has to do with, like, the story, but the atmosphere of the first game, because it was so new and fresh, something we hadn't seen before, and it seemed like it was less interacting with other humans in the Part One. And more of like the lurkers, clickers, this and that. Like I, that's one of the reasons why I always put part one over part two is because if I want to play a game like that, like I want to play more of the style of part one, less having to interact with other humans. But not taking away from part two, obviously. Yeah, part, part one. Yeah, part one is is definitely way more. Uh, yeah, and that's that's for sure. That's why I like part um, two so much better because I don't like. And also, the part one still holds true. The beginning. You're walking with carrying your daughter with your brother and everything that happens there like that's still like that scene is still ingrained in my memory like it, that's yep. a pivotal scene in all it, games it, yeah I, st- I i still think the story in that game is phenomenal and i love the journey both physically and emotionally that joel and ellie go on throughout that entire time and i like the the ambiguity of the ending as well um but um but last the part two really gut punched me in a way that no other game. And like there is a riot. Last of Us but. Part Two is a sequel that probably never should have been made. Yeah. And the fact that we're talking about it as like the best is is all that needs it, to be said. Is that like it just it it, it justified its, its existence. It, it justified its existence multiple times throughout, and like it really just. <sighs> Fuck it, Donnie Donnie. Like the reason why I was gonna vote Doom Eternal is just because for once. We're getting a Doom franchise. Where for a long time they were just naming the games Doom, but that's realistic. It was just yeah. the same game. No, I get but that. between Doom and Doom Eternal, where Doom Eternal picks up at the end of Doom 2016, it's like we're actually getting a franchise. We're getting an act. They're actually decided to give us Doom with a real story for once. And I was like, that's why I was like, this shows that Doom isn't just a running, gunning, violent game. There, you could do a story. And it can actually make sense with this type of game. And I give them credit because I didn't think that would ever happen with Doom. The only time we got a real story was Doom 3. For sure. But, like, now we... Right, yeah, which is the black which sheep I, of the series. Which I think is one of my favorites, like, especially if you have the expansion in it. It's like, yeah. that's so good. And then we got 2016, and now Doom Eternal. And I was like... Because I didn't realize Doom Eternal was a sequel. Like, I thought it was just, oh, it's another Doom game. They just call it Doom Eternal just because they didn't want to number it. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is the end of the other game. I was like, are they, they're actually continuing the story, and it caught me off guard. It made me happy, because mm-hmm. games like Doom and like Duke Nukem, like all those bloody, gory first-person shooters, never got real stories to them that made sense or were good. But I'm, I have no qualms with The Last of Us Part nice. 2 winning. Like I said, like Part 1's my favorite, but it doesn't mean I hate Part 2, you know? Right. 
next category. It's just phoned in, guys. Mm-hmm. I can read this next category, but I brokered a deal. I read it. I give my vote to Chris, but I really need to. Pee. Okay. So all right, wow. I read the categories. I think I think I've go got pee. your back. Right off the bat. Okay. Okay. Cool. So for best remaster from the Half Gen Jenny Awards is the, the Game of the Year Chronicles Definitive. The Game of the Year Awards. I'm sorry, I need the P. Why are you holding it? <laughs> okay, just let you know he messed up, his deal. He messed up his deal. Kingdom of Aluma. Uh, Re-Reckoning, Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered. Thank you, guys. I am going to take a fucking piss. Did you just put a wallet over the camera? It looks that way. That's what like, it looks like. I was like, like is, that a, yeah. is that a billfold right there? Like, what the... Uh, so I guess because someone decided to broker deals, and he's going along with you, Chris. I'm just telling you right now. I have all the power. Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> no, no, no. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is. Mm, it's a chef's kiss. Hold right on, there. Ross. Do you agree? Yeah. All right, then I'm fine with that. Uh. <laughs> yeah. He's fine no, with. Let's wait, go. you're fine with. I think Ross. that's what Nat would have voted for. You're anyway. fine with. Ross's vote, because I'm pointing out. But like my, if my vote was that doesn't. No, 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 no. I just wanted to see if he was going to vote Tony Hawk. No one's going to vote Tony Hawk. No. I, I just wasn't sure because I know no, everybody. I, I, it's I good. Loves, it was good. That. It looks good. This and that, but it also shows how much Tony Hawk like. Just mm, something about it just seems still off about that game. Like it's still tying. Like even though it's a remastered, it still is dated. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't I don't replay games and I almost never replay JRPGs, but I I put another 100 hours into Xenoblade I'm Chronicles get, again there. for the second for Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, yeah so. I I don't think Kingdoms of Amalur or Def, uh, Mafia 2 do enough as remasters uh to to really change that. Uh and Spider-Man is good. It has a lot of great features on PS5 and it's definitely the best way to play that game at this point, but you know, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. We're talking about a game that was originally on the Wii and then was updated for the new 3DS. Like, it's a pretty substantial upgrade yeah. here. And also, like, Kings yeah. of Amalur, like, yeah. there was nothing wrong with the game when it came out anyways. Like, like I said, we were playing the original version anyways, and it still they was didn't, good. They, they didn't do too much. Yeah, to I know. That's why honest. I was like, I'm not going to buy this again. Like, I want to I down the no, road. No, I bought it again because they're making new content yeah. for it. They're making a new DLC See, for it. I didn't it. know that. Now I'm going to buy it. But yeah, no, they're that, making a new DLC for it. It's a game like I still enjoy the original version of it. I don't need a remaster. Kind of like when everyone was nominating yeah. The Last of Us remastered for the PS4, I was like, it's still good on the PS3. Like, I don't. And of course, I got to play it. In the I think The Last of Us remastered for PS4 is more of a jump than the remaster we got for either Kingdoms of oh, Amalur yeah. or Mafia. Oh, no, I agree with that, definitely. But it's still like one of those things where it's like the game was great. And I get because no backwards compatibility, I have to remaster it. But keep, Mafia Two, even I didn't even get it. I'm gonna get Mafia One remastered, but I'm not gonna get Two. That's a remake. That's uh, a remake. Okay. I hear really mixed things about it. I have it because uh, I bought it and I was really excited. And then everything I heard about it, uh, you know, speak of the devil uh, for best remake. Yeah. It's actually nominated there. Um, Wait, you want to make it official? Who won? Yeah, it was Xenoblade. Yeah, Xenoblade won. Yep. Well deserved. Actually, yeah, my no, top. I, and that's why I think Nat would have voted Switch for it. And I was just going to kind of go with you guys. It's my top five favorite Switch games of all time. Yeah. Up there um, with three houses. For sure. For sure. I, I would. Now, if we put Tokyo Mirage Sessions on there, a different story. <laughs> mm. But that's not really a remaster. That's just a port. Yeah. And 
that's yes. that's it's not enough game. of still a difference. A but hey, it's still a freaking excellent game. Um, best remake. I think Nat's coming back, so he should be here for the uh, best remake. I'm back with the special guest. Oh, hey, it's Mars. Mars. How's Mars? What's Mars' doing? vote for best remaster? Uh, <laughs> Just say it, Xenoblade. Like head pats. Hey. Hey. Oh God! Oh, you heard that? Mars! <laughs> oh, Mars! No. Mars's eyes just got so wide for a second there. Hey, uh, for those of you not watching the video, slow motion. I want you guys to see his face. Uh, look that way. God, I love dogs. That is um, a handsome boy. He wouldn't let me come upstairs without That's him. fair. So here he is. Well, Mars can uh, offer some insight on best remake. Uh, which the nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Resident Evil 3, Mafia Definitive Edition, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX, and Demon's Souls. Just a sidebar, I can't wait till Nintendo stops doing these remakes and remasters and putting like long-ass titles and DX at the end of it. Like, Because yep. they're running out of games, so like I feel like... Where soon that's not gonna happen anymore because that's been like that's been the crutch for me with owning a Switch since the Pokemon just... Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX Enhanced yeah, Edition. Right? DX Enhanced Edition, like <laughs> no, but so I know no one's gonna vote for it because no one else played it. But I would like to say Pokemon Mystery Dungeons, like it's not just a re- like they changed the whole visual style around for the Switch version compared to 3DS because it was like on the 3DS with that weird like polygon type visuals where they tried to make it 3d with a slide bar whereas they overhauled the graphics completely and gave it that almost like a pastel watercolor like wind walker meets studio ghibi style artwork and hand-drawn like design for the characters so i just appreciate that that they could have easily did what they did with everything else that the switch does with 3ds ports for some of them and remake them a little bit but keep just polished graphics whereas they overhauled the actual design of the game so I appreciate that. But obviously it's Final Fantasy VII Remake because Resident Evil 3, as much as it looks amazing, it's still a remake of one of the worst Resident Evil games. And I heard it's, it's like four hours if, it, That's if so, you're trying to like actually take your time with it. <laughs> yeah. Here's where I feel like we're at at this point. Resident Evil 3 is gone. Mafia is gone because I they didn't fix this enough. Isn't a, this isn't yeah. a discussion. It's really not. Like. Demon's Demon Souls, Souls pretty cool, looks but incredible. It's... Final Fantasy VII is a remake that changes and adds to the existing formula. It's like a director's cut. It's, it's, it's like the best way you copy. could possibly play that game at this point. It is because uh, Final Fantasy VII remake yeah, wins. Because I'm not a fan of Final Fantasy VII remake. I like or seven regular. Demon like Souls eight. was so good though, and oh my god, if Final Fantasy VII didn't come out this year, Demon Souls would have won. I wouldn't know. But oh my god, Final Fantasy I would vote honestly because I haven't played Demon Souls the remake. I'd probably vote for Pokemon over that. Not gonna lie. Like, Nat, do you do you have, have any, Mars any qualms about Mars? It? Likes it. Mars is excited. What's that? Yeah, Mars likes Mars it. Mars agrees. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mars agrees. Is, What's up? It comes Dog down approved. to <laughs> Mars agrees. Final Fantasy VII remake, folks. Um, next category: Perfect. best story. We we are moving right along. We are getting to the home stretch here. Um, best story nominees: Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII remake. Suzerain and Destiny 2 Beyond Light. I would just like to start here. And if there's any time 
that it might be worth nominating Destiny 2 tonight, that, that like it actually deserved a shot. Uh, it was actually with the story for Beyond Light, because it's actually really good. Um, probably their best story yet uh, in terms of you know what what they do with that character and the world building and stuff like that. It's not going to win. I I know I said I didn't want to do that, uh, but like I just don't think it's going to get the support. But the, this is the one year that Destiny Two actually like really kind of flexed a little bit and 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 did some storytelling. Um, let's. I feel like. I added it with the best of intentions, but I actually feel like Suzerain probably doesn't have a place here right now either. Um, cause the story is really going to be dependent on what yeah, you do. Yeah, like choose your own adventure. Um, and so I don't think it plays well, uh, for this category necessarily, especially with you guys having, haven't played it yet. Um, so we'll kind of just, uh, that, um, that. is there a game that we, is, I'm torn. Is anyone voted for Ghost of Tsushima? Because I have kind of like not a gripe with the main story, but just the overall like open world nature of it. <laughs> I know. I'm Sorry, just, Mars is flipping the because hell Because of how large and open world of it is and all the side missions and exploring, so sometimes intense. I forgot what like what I was supposed to be doing in the game for the main story. So the open world nature kind of like distracted me sometimes from the main story. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the problem with open world games is that it yeah. can really hurt pacing. Um, as like like I said, I beat the game, I platinum the game. I did like the story a lot. I think uh, the ending is really impactful, um, but I think the journey to get there it wasn't necessarily flat. Um, it yeah, it, it it had its high high points and but a lot of it was kind of like good storytelling, but nothing. Nothing crazy, I would say. Are, but seven remake. Are we bumping Tsushima? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to vote for Ghost of Tsushima. I, I, no, now, if I'm I beat seven either. remake, Chris knows this because I beat the game. I called him. He didn't answer. But that we did finally have a conversation about it because I went full. Or no, you were about to record with Ross when I called you. I was like, I just finished it. And you're like, and as you're going to get like, yeah. no, I have to like digest what I just saw. My favorite thing about a good story is not only just like good storytelling, but like when it's done, you just sit there and click question things so after i finished seven remake i had a nice little like um you know reflection on life tried to figure out like what i know and don't know what the meaning of life all this other stuff because that ending and the story stuff like final fantasy 7 is one of my least favorite final fantasy games i've been very adamant and open that eight is the best the only one i don't like less or the one that i like less than seven is nine other than that all the other final fantasies Nine, I just never beat it. I couldn't get into it. The whole tail thing just didn't do it for me. If it makes you feel better, I never played 12, so I assume I hate 12, even though I got the Zodiac Age on the Switch and I haven't opened it. But eight's always been my favorite. Seven is almost like they took elements of the... Seven Remake, it's like they took some elements of Seven and were like, hey, let's just keep some of these arcs and characters or stories, but like, let's just make all this extra stuff that's never been seen before like jesse all of jesse's story this and that like i was like oh man these are like i would if this was the story we got in the original i would have liked this game and cared about it more like the remake made me actually love final fantasy 7 so in the last was part two really good story 
um, thanks to it not being super open world like Ghost of Tsushima, like it's very like not linear, but you know what I mean, like start to finish story. There's no real like you don't lose sight of what the story is because you have goals of what you're trying to do. It's really good storytelling, but just the. If Final Fantasy VII Remake wasn't a remake and it was just a new original Final Fantasy game and seven ever existed, I'd vote The Last of Us Part Two over it. But the fact that they took an existing story and made a new story that's that much more engaging, that much more like just fleshed out, I'm going to have to vote Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's a tough call, though, because, like, while I don't... I totally get that. Yeah. 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 Chris is just like, hmm. Um... Uh, for me um i think um i think final fantasy 7 remake definitely can have more excitement around the story because it's incomplete uh that was half the fun of the spoiler cast was theorizing about where it's going to go next even though uh in a lot of ways it is its own self-contained story um there was closure in the game closing out the midgar arc and Oh god, that was terrifying for audio <laughs> listeners. Matt just came back into the picture way too close to the camera. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think the story in seven is good. I I think it was good throughout, to be honest. Um, but f- for me, it didn't become incredibly interesting until the ending, and until you see like, oh wait a second, things aren't going the way they're supposed to go. Um, with that being said, it's still my second favorite story of the year. <laughs> like, I still, like, I am fascinated to see where part two goes. And I can't wait for it, because not only was the story phenomenal, but the gameplay was some of my favorite of the entire year, how they merged turn-based and, and action combat. Um, but for me, I'm not sure exactly what part of it hit me the way it did. Um, but for The Last of Us Part Two, I literally, once the, the credits rolled, I just sat alone in silence for about half an hour and just thought about the game. And since I finished that game back, I think last July, I've literally thought about that game and its characters and the arcs they go on every single day since I've beat that game to the point where the first tattoo I'm going to get that I want to get is uh, a half sleeve um, of Ellie's, arm tattoo just on my upper arm um because it just it really hit me just in terms of kind of the redemption they go through and um just kind of trying to find who they are and um yeah it's hard for me to put into words i put a long written piece on the site that you can look at but um but yeah for me it's kind of it's it's not close but I'm, I totally understand Final Fantasy VII Remake wins this category and it would be deserving. Nat, before Chris goes in, you got anything? Your best story? Uh, yeah, it's between The Last of Us Part Two and Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't think you've played either. I haven't played any of these games. That's fair. So, Chris... <laughs> I did too. That's what I thought. I thought you dabbed for a second. I was yeah. slapping bowing on the camera. Out. That was me bowing out, but I tried to make it so you could see my hand. Uh, that's fair. Dab is more of a that. God damn. <laughs> Gotta hit the. <laughs> Gotta make sure the arms line up. You know what I'm saying? You gotta give Cut it a little. Head, and then come back. You know? Just... <laughs> out, in. 
I'd leave, Ross I'd leave but my chair again. is comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on a wired headset, um, so we can't leave. The, the audio podcast will never know how many dabs just happened. Um, if it's more than one, it's too many. So here's... If you asked me two weeks ago, my answer would be very clear. And it's a little muddied right now, because here's the thing. is I agree with literally what both of you said... And I kind of had that, I, I had that moment with Ross where I was just kind of sitting here watching the credits roll and I was just fucking sitting there like, what the fuck was this game? Like, because The Last of Us Part 2 is, is it's an emotional roller coaster, but in a way that like, it's just one big drop and it keeps going and it kind of like almost stops being fun, but that's the point. And you're just like, oh my God, how far down does this really go? How bad do I have to feel before you will let me go? And I say that in a very positive way about the game. Um, And then it gives you like that little uphill and you're like, finally. And then it's just kind of like, hey, you thought though. And it goes back down and you just kind of like end up at the end of this game. Just kind of like... I explained it to somebody else. It's just like, it's, it's depressing and it's awful. And I just couldn't put it down. Um, and I, I, I just couldn't stop. Once I started, I just couldn't stop. And like, that's the thing. And like, you know, with, I'm trying to be fair and I'm trying not to just like put my obvious bias towards final fantasy seven into this because it'd be very easy to be like, it's the remake of my favorite game of all time. Of course I'm going to vote for it. But like, it's like I was talking about in the music. And the thing is, is like, I listen to songs like seven seconds till the end and I can hear the dialogue and I can see that moment happening again. And I listen to Genova, the quickening and I hear those familiar notes and I can see that fight. And it's something that just, it it, it evokes emotion from me and it's doing it right now. Just thinking about it. The journey those characters go on ends up being so drastically different and so wonderful and the the implications of what's coming, you know, and maybe that's not fair to to add in, but you know, little spoiler, I guess, you know, because you know we're game of the year. If you if you haven't played these games, Nat, if you plan Ear on muffs. playing Final Fantasy, I, I will, I will, yeah. Seeing Zach at the end of that, mm-hmm. and, and and just seeing it. where this is going, and, and just kind of having that experience and. It's fucking incredible. And, you know, if you're just talking like raw and you're leaving the emotional, I guess that's not fair because they're both emotional stories, but it's like the last of us part two is probably a more technically proficient story. If if you can make an argument uh, for that, but Final Fantasy VII Remake just hit me in a way, man. And, like, you know, they both... Both of those games are the two, like, most emotional games I've probably played all year. And the third one, believe it or not, would probably be Suzerain, you know? 
and like as crazy. You could put. The- I'm trying to take you seriously, and Nat is just agreeing, but he has no headset yeah, no, on for I, those who aren't watching the video. I, I I was saying that like the three most like emotional impact games I played this year would probably be the two remaining games and Suzerain. Um Trying to keep, I'm trying to keep it visually entertaining while I'm not there. You know what I mean? So, well, I, I want the visual. To flip a coin. My gut, my gut tells me The Last of Us Part Two, but my heart tells me Final Fantasy VII Remake. There is a and song called "Listen to Your Heart," make, and I can't make up my mind about there it. There is a song called "Listen to Your Heart," so I mean, yeah, that that's where I'm at. My uh, gut tells me The Last of Us, but my heart tells me. Final I get Fantasy. the argument for both games. That's the thing, but like, I didn't know if I should bring up the I don't fact know if that anyone else the way Seven ended. Like, even though it's technically not fair to be like, well, we know there's another part coming, but like that set up so much. And let's face it, The Last of Us, even like Part One, that could be its own story. Even if you didn't fully play Part One and you went to go play The Last of Us Part Two, you get a full, complete story in that game. Like they're continuations, but they're the isolated fact- also at the same time. I think the fact that Final Fantasy Seven by the end of it left me completely fulfilled and satisfied. Oh yeah. If that ended, like knowing that, that like, there's ooh. more to come, if that was it, I'd be good. Like if that was it, like I am, I'm good. It, it, they could cancel the next one, and I wouldn't exactly be happy, but I would not be upset with where this game left off. You know, like if, if this was Final Fantasy VII remake were done, I would be satisfied. Then they could start Final Fantasy and VIII remake finally. They're not going to remake it. Don't. I think they already said they're not. They didn't. They didn't say that. But hopefully, I would like them to do that. But that's a different conversation. Yes. So, Chris, I don't know. So, so Mark, you're locked in on. I'm seven. locked in on seven. Nat, do you feel strongly about either of these games <laughs> based on what you have heard about them? Let's just go strictly on arguments made by the individuals here. Well, he didn't hear yours because we weren't going to spoil it. No, he didn't hear that one part. Okay. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Do you want to do, do you want a low five like for teamwork? Like can that make you feel better? There you go. Okay, good. He voted with me. I oh, just said it. At all. Um, I wish you guys happiness <laughs> and you know success on your journeys. Um. In this totalitarian it's, election we have going on here, it's it's it's. I think again, Chris. I don't think it would necessarily change your heart, but this is why I did want you to have some space to breathe with the Last of Us story. But I, I think, think considering, I think you're leaning considering Final the Fantasy. gripes I have with the story of the Last of Us Part Two. I am still torn on yeah. this because I have problems because I think the whole final act is entirely unnecessary yep. and actually detrimental to the overall story. That is my own issue. Mm-hmm. But even in the context of what I could, what I enjoyed and where I thought would have been the logical conclusion, it's still like, like I said, my gut, like because of how, how good and how thoughtful and how well put together and methodical that story is, my gut wants me to vote for that, but my heart will not give up on Final Fantasy 7. And yeah, it does. It sounds, it sounds like, like Final Fantasy 7. People should really convey the fact that, like, whatever one we vote when it's a close call, we're not taking anything away from the other one. Like, The Last of Us Part Two, still a great story. I'm, I'm not even going to strike it out. That's where I'm at. 
I, that's disrespectful that's to the Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> no, don't do it. Totally right, everyone else. Don't do we it. We strike down Pokemon Mystery do Dungeons. You gotta keep that same energy. <laughs> Consistencies. No favoritism. Strike it out. You gotta <laughs> go down to history's I'm, villains. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm I know, gonna right? eat dinner like, by five a.m. We're getting no. We're, we're almost like, there. Three so, categories remaining. To watch somebody best new franchise. This one's easy. I feel like. I feel like we're all gonna have the same answer here. Best new franchise nominees are Ghost of Tsushima, Cyberpunk 2077, Ghost Runner. My vote is for Ghost of Tsushima. Same. I was almost going to put Hades nah, in there, same. but then I'm like, I don't think they'd make another Hades-type game. They don't do I sequels. don't think... I mean, I haven't beat Ghost of Tsushima, but I don't think there's going to be another game, is there? Yeah. It's so, there's going to yeah, be it's another Sucker Punch, Yeah, like Sucker Punch has a track record. They don't do one-offs. Um, there's going to be another one of these. I say, and as someone who finished the game, they definitely leave. Especially if they, say, even if they do the multiplayer stuff and they expand on that. I... Don't really care if there's a new Ghost Runner. I just I wanted to talk about it, so I needed to find a category. I feel like the to put next it one's in. gonna be easy too. And it was the other one in this one. Um, mm-hmm. I do like Cyberpunk. That's my vote, but I understand Ghost of Shima wins. I think Ghost of Shima. I mean, I go. I think Ghost of Shima is good, and I enjoy that. But if I go back five years from now, I mean, five years from now, and I'm like, hey. What is gonna? What am I gonna be more excited to play and look when they develop? I I do think CD Projekt Red is gonna, you know, you know, turn the perception of Cyberpunk around. So that's why that's my vote. But I have no gripes against Ghost Winning. That's probably my that's vote fair. in most other categories. You, you said it did have your favorite sword combat ever as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, way better than Cyberpunk. I sword didn't combat. get that far in the game because I kept crashing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's another yeah. tough one. So, and it, it's tougher now than it's ever been. The penultimate category. This is almost like its own game of the year. Best indie. Uh, we intentionally moved this next to game of the year because, like, especially this year, I think there's a strong class of indie games. Um, the nominees are Hades, The White Door, Suzerain, Deep Rock Galactic, Unfortunate Spacemen, and Slashers Keep. Full disclosure, because I mentioned that. Uh, Unfortunate Spaceman does have a publisher. The line between indie and, you know, you know, triple A, you know, it, it's thinner every day. Um, and so, you know, New Blood, you know, for, for public, we will allow, we allow indie games for publishers who have a history of just, uh, you know, almost exclusively supporting independent developers. You know, these aren't, we're not talking EA. It's like, you know, a, a game published by EA is probably not going to make it on this. You, you know, even if it's indie by nature, but you know, if it's, you know, holistically indie, uh, it will, it will be on this. Um, this is the, the category net. I think this is where he lives. What are you, what's your take? A lot of good games on here. One of which I'm really excited to play two of which I haven't played, but Chris talks up one of them a lot and I want to check it out. Two of the other games, you know, I'm interested in checking out. And one of the games I put there, one of them is already there. I think there is a clear leader in this, and that is Hades. And I feel like in a year where, like, indie games have kind of been like... Like, this list is, is good, and I feel like a good representation of indie games. But I do feel like this year, as far as indie games go, I feel like it's kind of dipped off there wasn't as many indie games because if you left it up to me like last year 
I could probably fill this list with 15 games. I feel like these are probably, like, I don't want to say the only indie games you need to pay attention to, but these are probably some of the most important games you have to pay attention to. Only other indie game that's worth noting is Fall Guys, but I don't think it was going to win. Fall Guys is technically, de- well, I guess, do we, does Devolver fall under this? Devolver is an indie developer. Did, yeah, yeah. Did we read the number? Yes, I did. Yeah, he did. He read it at the top. I will. Okay. I'll, I'll read them Maybe again in case there's confusion. Hades, The White Door, Suzerain, Deep Rock Galactic, Unfortunate Spaceman, Slasher's Keep. So yes, my vote is for Hades as the guy who has a really big soft spot for roguelites. And I really enjoy Hades. I think Hades is very fun to play. I am not the greatest at it right now, but I do like it. I think the way stuff changes depending on what you take is the essence of a roguelite in the best way and while the story elements are kind of anti-roguelike but it's in the best interest of storytelling and to quote my good pal Russell Lando you guys should follow him you know it's trying to push the envelope and move roguelikes forward so Hades is my vote also super giant games you know this has a like a carved space they could always nuzzle into in my heart. Same is my vote too. Definitely Hades. I Hades is probably the right vote here, uh, but I I do just want to take one more one more moment just to you know the white door. Everybody like if if I can tell you anything on this list, like all of these games are one hundred percent worth playing. The White Door is exceptional. Suzerain. Suzerain might be higher on my personal list. I haven't decided yet when it comes down to it. That game is something else. Uh, and, like, I don't want to overhype it, but, like, I, I can't say enough good things about it that, like, when I play that game, like, it is emotionally exhausting and it, it, it is fantastic. And I do think it's deserving. Even in a, in a class with Hades, I do think it is deserving of the win. Uh, but I don't know now if I should stall because Mark just stepped away and the next category is the big one. Should I talk more about Suzerain or should I could, I could, I could gush more about, you know, the games. I haven't played deep rock galactic, but everybody from the discord are always having fun playing that game. And, I, it kind of makes me sad that I yeah, Deep Rock Galactic and Unfortunate, Unfortunate Spaceman, Spaceman are just great games. You can just sit down with a couple buddies a and, and and just play. Especially Deep Rock Galactic, it's on Game Pass. You know, it, it, it's incredibly easy nice. to get and play. I was going to say, Suzerain, I look forward to playing. I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. White Door looks really cool, but that looks so fucking it, You know what, though? It, it's not. It is it is incredibly uplifting. Like, I imagine, I imagine, like especially because like looking at the trailer and stuff when you first brought it up, I looked at the trailer. I was like, wow, this looks like an interesting story, and I want to check this out. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm off a bad year. I'm, I'm probably hold off on this. This looks like it'd get me down. Like the the white so. door, it's ultimately very uplifting, um, and, and, okay. and like. <sighs> Listen, I am not traditionally, contrary to what Mark says, I am not traditionally the indie guy. And I really think these three indie games, The White Door, Suzerain, and Hades, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anything, Mark. I said you knew more about indies and liked them. I know, but I I just don't feel like I... I legit hated indie games, like 100% hated indie indie games. And that's why you and Ross were like the indie guy and the fact that you guys were open-minded enough to play indie games. I used to be closed-minded in 
would not give any time of day to indie games. Yeah. But I was gonna say as a guy who grew up playing homebrews and newgrounds, indie games kind of rubbed through my veins. Newgrounds and Albano Black yeah, Sheep. The White Door, Suzerain, and Hades are absolutely like three of the best games you can play this year. Yep. Uh, regardless of what you're looking for, they are phenomenal. Hades deserves to win this category. No, no more or less than Suzerain, I, I would say. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to stand against the room when Hades is a game I enjoy the hell out of. You know, I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be the one person I who puts their foot say, down and is like, no, fuck you guys. Right. You know, I'm not going to do that. I do want to say I do plan on putting a quite a bit of time in Suzerain because that's that is. Oh, yeah. My type of game. I just, Honest to God, really it. it'll be a lot of time in my life soon. It, it, if if it doesn't win anything, it, it's honestly, honestly, and I, I cannot say this enough. Like the, it, it's it's meaningful to me just that all of you are leaving this being like this. I need to play this game, and I hope everybody I listening feels the same way. I told you that, I told you that when way. you first told me about. It. I was like, oh, this this looks like steroids, uh, papers, please, and that's like. Like, you know, with more, like, branching, oh, like, elements and stuff. <laughs> that, that is the best thing Seems I can really say, because cool. everybody is probably already playing Hades, but if, if anybody could take anything away from this, play Suzerain, play the White Door. Uh, if you have to choose one, play them in that order. But they are, they are phenomenal games and well worth I, anybody's time. Uh, and well, well worth the money. I checking out Suzerain, like, ASAP as soon as I can. White Door, I'm going to keep that on my mind. But right now it, it's not long yeah, it, it's confirmed. it's like two it's like two hours maybe less depending on how you play it it's like six bucks the white door is phenomenal i cannot say enough good things about any of these games this is the most inv- this is the most i've been into anybody who listened to me the last couple of years i am uh, like i said i'm not the indie guy i'm i spend the least amount of time in this category this is the first time you're ever going to hear me fighting for like yo these games need to be talked about um those are the ones. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this category is very good, and we're going to move into game of the year right after this, but I just wanted to say the cool thing about indie games that I feel like a lot of other bigger budget games don't get the luxury of is that indie games tend to be one person's vision or a small person's vision and tend to be that vision. I mean, scaled down in far scope of game, but very fleshed out and it's what they want to play or what they want people to experience so a lot of times these games tend to be more impersonable and more like very like you know this is the story they wanted to tell so i could tell immediately white door like the way chris talks about is one of those experiences where he felt this this story touched him like in a way that's really impressive and i feel like that's one of the most like endearing parts of indie games is finding those niche like stories that are like this is just the the window i wanted you to peek into so i think those are really cool so that's that 100 last year my game of the year was an indie game yeah so and, and that was strongly fought for by both of you uh you know so great game i'm i'm i am going into 2021 open arms open to the indie scene Give me more White Doors. Give me more Suzerains. Give me more Hades. I Can I give a nod I to am, something? I, I am ready I for realized I, what I didn't get to nominate, and I fucked up. It was Grifflands. Grifflands is, is such a fucking good access? game. 
And I, I don't know if it's still in early access. I think it officially got released. Uh, I, 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 th- I think it just got released 1.0, okay. but I'm not Grifflands sure. is such a fucking good game. We don't need to go too much into it, but I fully intended to nominate that, and I didn't. But Grifflands is a really great indie game, and I would recommend that if you like Mass Effect dialogue and deck builders. It's cool. I want to get into it. Yeah, It's the one. Let's it's finish the game this of the off. Year. It's the half-gen game of the year. What's it going to be? It's one of these games. The Last of Us Part 2. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Hades. Say it. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not nominating Cyberpunk. Not. There's no scenario on this earth where I am having that as our game of the year. I'll fight you to the death. I'd watch. Not after all it went through. That's just me. Cyberpunk could be a great game, but I'm not putting it on my side as game of the year. In the words of the Trump of the Yellow Chair Brigade, it's really good on PC. (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't think, and and Nat, Nat, you can fight me on this if you want. Um, I don't think Animal Crossing is this. I didn't put that there. I don't think (laughs) think Animal Crossing is Cyberpunk winning. you're the you're the only other person. I might have thrown like that up there, assuming like that I was so going to fight for it. I just wanted to make it. sure. <laughs> I just wanted to make and sure you weren't going to fight for that. My favorite game of the year is kind of split between Ghost of Tsushima and Hades. Right now, right now, I put more time into Ghost of Tsushima, and that is more like more where I'm leaning. And when I sit down, because like we've been playing a lot of games, I've been busy with this podcast, my other podcast and divinity tuesdays and then i've had other friends trying to hit me up to play like uh some shooters and stuff here and there and when i have free time i sit down like what am i gonna play that's what i've been playing over hades although i did carve it a chunk of time to play put time into hades i want to play hades but i feel like i wanted to play so much of it to get ready for this i might go back and restart and start over because i feel like i was kind of rushing some of the dialogue and i feel like that's more of the a big part of the charm so, from where I'm, my perspective right now, I'm leaning more Ghost of Tsushima as my personal favorite game of the year. For me, Mark, very close to Nat. Um, definitely Hades, and but for me, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I waited so long to play the game because I was like, ah, oh, it's just a remake of a Final Fantasy that's not my favorite. And then people kept saying, no, you got to play it. I'm like, yeah, but the other parts aren't even out. I was literally like, oh, I'm just going to wait for the other parts to come out. Then when I found out in August, they like, you know, just now started developing part two so i was like well i got some time like i'll just play it and i am it's one of the few times where i'm mad i waited to play a video game which does not normally happen for me because like i have such a backlog of games and usually i don't get mad if i don't play them but i wish i actually played final Fantasy 7 remake sooner so that i could have actually replayed it again um but yeah so for me honestly five seven remake and hades are like tied just because I love Greek mythology so much. Like, that's why, like, it's not on the list, but a nod, because it's not a great game, but Immortal Phoenix Rising is hilarious. Like, the narrating. Mm, yep. Zeus. I've, I've heard pretty good things. Narrating about everything you're doing is just, mm, it's it's hilarious. It's, and it's a really good game from Ubisoft, oddly enough. So, but I love Greek mythology. That's why, like, Hades kind of gets the more of the nod over seven remake because 
it's it's caught me off guard. It's not a game I like. I don't like roguelikes, but I like Greek mythology. And then I'm like, holy crap, this is like a fun game. I'm next you know, I'm watching YouTube videos, deep diving on the subreddit. Like, what kind of builds? Like, what's work? Like, I'm the fact that I'm spending just as much time outside of the game looking up the game as I am playing it. That says a lot because I'm not doing that. So, yeah, it's between seven remake and Hades. feel like ross is looking at me and i'm looking at ross dun, dun, dun. yeah it's the 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 four remaining games on the list last was part two final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima and hades they're they're my top four with uh games my personal top four games of the year and two through four switch every day depending on how i'm feeling um the number one for me and for me it's not it's not even close is the last of us part two um, just from the, the ambition of the narrative structure that they decided to go with um, the overall narrative. It told the gameplay, which was actually um, really solid and actually changed uh, a decent amount halfway through in terms of play style uh, in terms of, I totally understand uh, when people say that the second half dragged, um, See, and that part totally to me that, is crazy and I because I enjoyed playing as Abby much more than I played than I enjoyed playing as Ellie. I got through Abby's stuff way quicker than I did with Ellie <laughs> because I liked her skill set. <laughs> uh, did I spoil anything? Keep him off. Wait, did Keep I spoil off. something? Keep him off. Keep we him talked off. about Abby. I, I don't think he knew that. Isn't that it? Just you just told him about you told him about the Abby story trailer before. I didn't know that you played as two separate characters, oh, okay. though, just now, to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, you guys are talking about both the characters, and you were alluding to, like, them being there. I didn't know you played as two characters now. And I started thinking about it, and it once it connected in my head, I was like, holy yeah. shit, I probably should have like, known about this. So that's trailer. why I took it off. Yeah, it's kind of like Halo 2. I didn't, it didn't connect it in my head until that, until I, it, like you guys I didn't it realize you hadn't put that together yet. I apologize. I, I was talking, no, assuming that you already knew that. I, that's I, my fault. I just no, know I, the way. 100% no, So my here's bad. the thing is, it's not, that's probably not a big deal in the scheme of things. I just know the way Naughty Dog tells stories. And that's probably the way they introduce that you play as another character is probably a big deal. Thinking about the way they yeah. handle uh, that in like last part one. Of us, like like the way they handle that type of stuff in last of us part one and stuff mm-hmm. i just didn't know how big of a deal that's going to be in the story so i was like wait let me take this off <laughs> you know yeah take us to a sidebar really quick uh, you know. do you remember the time when the big controversy was everyone losing their yeah. their collective minds because you had to play as ellie in part one like yeah no but that was one of the best yeah. parts and i'm just like everyone's like, i don't want to play as a little girl because you didn't know what was yeah. going on with joel yeah. um Everybody talk in front of their microphones like this, yeah. so we can't read um, our lips. Does he even auto? Does he know uh, ASL? Good, good I'll luck, sign Ross. The whole thing. Um, like, Ross, so, just take it off and hold it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, people said the second half dragged. I get that. Um, I don't agree with it. Uh, people don't like the Santa Barbara bit, and I definitely, definitely get that. that. I don't like for that. me, f- for me, um, I think it does still work for me. Because you want the game to be done, and Ellie wants to be done, but the PTSD she has from Joel's uh, death will not let her leave it alone. And I feel like by the end of the game, you're exhausted playing the game. And I feel like 
Abby and Ellie are also both exhausted. And I feel like you're supposed to feel that with them. Whether or not that's good game design, that's up to you. For me, it it fit together very well. And um, they did have a Metal Gear Solid 4 problem of ending the a few whole times. final fight. I was like, this is Snake versus like this is Solid versus Liquid. Yeah. I was like, this is I've the fight on top of Rex. <laughs> <laughs> or or in Metal yeah, Gear Solid yeah, 4, I, that yeah, one too. It's just I, like, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, the Santa Barbara part works because Ellie wants it to be over as much as That's we fair. do at that point. Um, so, so, um, so yeah, I think overall it's, it's an experience I've never had with a game before, um, to where you, a lot of times I like kind of games that make you feel kind of alone or lonely. Like that's why I love Shadow of the Colossus because you just feel isolated. And I think in this, in Last of Us Part Two, Ellie becomes isolated and isolates herself and alienates everyone around her. Because she's so locked in on this revenge quest. And the game starts with Abby fulfilling that quest. And then realizing that revenge didn't actually make her feel better about her father. And you see her trying to reconcile that the entire rest of the game. To where Mel at that one point says, you've always been a shitty person, Abby. And that hits her hard. And you see her trying to redeem herself with Lev. And trying to act in that Joel role. And Ellie at the end of the game can't kill her because she had learned to forgive Joel right at the end and she knows that if she ended up killing Abby it wouldn't bring Joel back and it wouldn't make her feel fulfilled and I know some people are mad that she didn't kill Abby at the I end I would have been more upset I think if those she people had missed the point. honestly that whole time I was just like because yeah. again I thought just before Santa Barbara would have been a perfect ending that would have been good closure for everybody the thing <clears throat> For what it's worth, the thing I don't like about Santa Barbara is, like I said, Santa Barbara feels more self-serving to the game because, like, you know, it. We're, I'm I'm sorry, I'm signaling on video. I'm like, don't don't do it. Uh, <laughs> the thing with Santa Barbara is like it, it forces you know you you get these characters off to their future, and then it kind of just forces them into the it, it really forces them into these equally shitty situations. And that just kind of felt to me like, you know, they, they tried to give you some of that kind of swing back up, you know, using the roller coaster analogy. You've been going down all this time and they kind of tried to bring you back up. And then they just said, nah, and then just took out the track from underneath you, you know? And like, that's, that's just the thing I don't like about yeah. it is like, it, it feels more serving to Neil Druckmann than it does to the overarching, you know, emotional subplot of, of the story because it ultimately ends at the same status quo where they're both separated. Neither of them is dead. Yes, there is some emotional growth along the way, but like it just kind of feels, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as natural as the rest of the game. It doesn't feel as much as like, Hey, you know, this lesson was learned. It kind of just feels like, what is he doing? Mark. Yeah. All I'm right. listening. So this I'm is between you and me, Chris. Hades. We've talking about Hades so much. I can't. Like, I, yeah, I, I just like that's the thing that gets me. And I don't know if we still plan to do the spoiler cast. Maybe that's the place for this. But that was the only part of the story I genuinely didn't like uh, it, it is just how that all kind of felt a little forced to me. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess for me, uh, I don't feel like we ended up in a similar place um, because I think Ellie had gone through the entire arc that Abby had gone through since the end of The Last of Us Part 1 uh, with Rage literally turning her body into a weapon to try and take down Joel. Um, and then by the end of the game, she finds that caring about someone else and letting people in because she wouldn't, she would never let Owen in because Joel was always the priority. Like you see the flashbacks of him being like, come on, let's, let's do something. And she's like, no, no. Um, I, we got a new tip for Joel. And I feel like, I feel like Santa Barbara was, I feel like that ending was inevitably where it was going to end up. I feel like for those two characters to get closure, for Ellie to get closure, who by all means for most people is the main character of the game, she needed Santa Barbara to happen. If you would have left it at the farm, I think it, for me at least, it wouldn't have had the satisfying closure for the character that she did get because of Santa Barbara. And and on and the fact that Tommy came by, Abby and Lev would be dead if Tommy wouldn't have come by which, with that. Tip which is fair. They would have died on that beach. But like, see, for um, me, yeah, I actually would have preferred if Ellie had gone through with it, or if you could kind of make the choice and just be like, you know, who are you? Whose side are you on? And then you either have Abby fight for you know, her continued existence, or you have Ellie fight for, you know, the last thing that's driving her forward, because then... Like the end of Nier, where you pick which Basically, yeah. Like, I, I, I was actually kind of expecting that to be the case, that at some point I would have to choose between them. I thought that was going to be the theater. I thought you were going to end up having to choose between one of them and be like, okay, which character are you going to support going forward towards a conclusion? Um... And then, you know, things would play out from there. Like, the, to me, and I, get, I totally get what you're saying, that it's, they're not leaving in exactly the same place. But I feel like this ending doesn't really change. Like, if you, again, if you don't do the Santa Barbara thing, you don't have to do the Abby getting caught by these people. You can just leave it with her meeting the Fireflies. She needed to get caught to create a conflict that Ellie, which was one of my other gripes with the game, coincidentally would always be nearby. Like, it, it always, like, everything with that felt coincidence. Which, which, which I get that, but for me, especially in Seattle. I'll give you Seattle, but that, a f- that's like, crazy. Of course, the tip comes yeah. up right as she's been captured by these people and is going to die. Is literally where she's going to die. Well, it's... Well, it's not it's not right uh, like to capture. I mean, yeah. Ellie gets there probably like a few weeks. To but a she month gets and a half there later. as she's on the post where so she's like there die. is time in between after her escape attempt. Sure, I mean there has to be some level yeah. of like suspense of disbelief, that sort of thing. But I get why Santa Barbara doesn't work for some people. For me, I think it it was necessary to complete the story. I think if they would have given you a choice, I think that would have hurt the that story. That would have given lot. me and closure. I'm not going to do any spoiler. See that would have that would have split the narrative for me in a way that I wouldn't have been satisfied with. Uh, I'm not going to say not, I'm not going to say specifics, but that exact type of thing happens at one point in Ghost of Tsushima, and I think it completely 
negates the emotional impact that the moment could have had on me. Which is why Ghost of Tsushima Listen, isn't hey, closer that, to that's why I'm not a game year. director. And, you know, um, I'm not trying to sit here and say, you know, Neil Druckmann and the team didn't do a good job doing what they did. But I, I, I just, I, mm. it's coming from a place of like, I wanted Ellie's everything she gave up to be worth something. And even though she would have to deal with that in the end, I would have felt better if she had just done it. And then she could have lived with that decision. Would have made a and great she could have, part three. She could have lived with that decision and she would at least go back and know, okay, this is what I gave up my life for. And instead she goes back to nothing and she gave up everything for nothing, which is the point. And that's the point that we've been getting the whole time. And at that point, it just kind of felt like I was getting beaten over the head with that idea of you're giving up this, you know, this is what your, your single purpose existence is leading you to that you have nothing at the end and i already got that point and they didn't need to beat it over my head for three more hours is is what it ultimately comes down to with you know she didn't even do it and it's like that just that just ruins her arc for me because she yeah she forgave joel in the end but she's literally like drowning her, which frankly she should have been drowned by that point. Um, but <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would have rather a decision been made for my, this is entirely for my satisfaction with the story. I would have rather a decision been made rather than just kind of just be like, go. And I, you know, for what it's worth, I, it, it worked. I liked how she was just kind of sitting there. She couldn't even look at her. She's like, just take him and go. And she's broken. And like, you know, she, she, she is self-defeated and it doesn't not work. It does. It yeah, works. I, 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 yeah. I was just earlier, just a few minutes ago, I thought you said you would have been upset if she would have killed. Abby I would have. Yeah. The end. <laughs> It's confusing. Yes, I would have been upset because it's like because we, we had that closure. <laughs> I would have been upset because I thought the other and the other place it could have ended would have been better. But at that point, I would have been upset. But then I would have felt something. I was just kind of numb to it when it ended in nothing. So I didn't feel anything. That's what I'm saying. I would have been upset, but then I would have gotcha. felt something. I would be mad at Ellie because I would be like, look what you fucking gotcha. did. Then she goes back and I'm still like, look what you fucking did. But at least she would have done something for it. Yeah, I get that. I think in my mind, in, in that final moment, she remembered that she had learned to forgive Joel before she had a chance to Which I'm assuming mend that is the reason why she was so angry when and he th died. But all of that added up that... It was it was it was it was literally the night before she, like, they reconciled and, again, and then he died the next also, day. Like, kinda, I feel like that takes a little bit away from her being so angry at his death because she hadn't reconciled completely yet. Uh, I don't. I, know. I get it. She's upset that she lost the opportunity. I, see, it, it, Maybe that's. I think that's huge. Yeah, because after years of holding years of holding that grudge against Joel, getting herself to the back to the point where she could begin the process and then to have that ripped away from her in such a gruesome way. In my eyes, I she think never, that's exactly I don't think she was. ever really hated him it, it, to, to, to have that emotion that she had. We're getting way off topic. We'll get back on topic after this um, to have the emotional reaction she had. I don't think she ever really hated him. And I think she just needed to, to, to convey that she was angry at him, but never actually hated him and understood he, why he did what he did. 
And I think that was just her kind of vocalizing that she was, I don't think it was so much to forgive Joel. I think she she was more vocalizing, I'm ready to not be mad anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's. I think she was just ready to not be angry anymore. No way to read it. I think. uh, Yeah, I mean, I think anger and hate go hand in hand. I think hers was more anger than hate. Um, So, um. I, I think she hated the decision he made, and I think she was starting to be willing to forgive. Yeah, I don't think she ever hated the person. Though. Joel has overall been nothing but good to her. No. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think Final Fantasy VII remake wins. Really, this, wins game of the year. <laughs> um, oh, just I was going to say from I, everyone. In the that's room. A, yeah. It's, for me, it, um, it could be easily fifty-fifty between Seven remake and Hades. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I would vote the, yeah. n- this is no disrespect to Hades. I would vote last of us over Hades at this point. Um, and I think this conversation, the, the this most conversation is, is evidence of that. Remake. I should text Nat. Yeah. Cause he, good. I think he went poop. I don't know what he did. I don't know. Uh, well, we're waiting for him. I started reading my dead space yeah. hardcovers that I got signed by Anthony Johnston. I didn't get them. I found them signed, like oh, at nice. a store. Like I already signed. Good. I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that's the game writer of the actual sure. game wrote the comic books." I'm like, "Cool." <laughs> They're actually really good. So the Dead Space Salvation yeah. is like nice. Nice. one of the my favorite art styles in there. I was like, "This is so good," because Dead Space is such a good game. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. And now they're. I'm weirdly looking forward to that uh, Callisto Protocol or whatever yeah. the hell it's called. Yeah. Um, Protocol, yeah. maybe. I mean, The Last of Us Part Two is the best Dead Space game of the year because when that big bloaty goober motherfucker comes out, the Rat King is he? He's he's actually called the, the Rat moment King. I heard that I thing. I was like, enough. that sounds yeah. like a fucker. The moment I heard that thing on the other side of the door, I texted Ross. There's this big guy, and I was like, why does this sound like Dead Space? And then I I saw the thing open and it looked like one of the tunnels from Dead Space where like the little worm things would come out. And I messaged Ross. I said, this is the third best Dead Space game. Yeah. I said one and two have more space, so they yeah. automatically beat it. But this is better than the space parts. And of then the three. rail shooters. And then when he showed and up fifth, and, and I was running five. from him, I was just sure. thinking of the invincible guy from one. It was great. Mm, yeah. I'm sorry, Mark. I cut you off. No, I said, and then it goes Dead Space 1 and 2, then that game, then the two rail shooters, and then Dead Space 3 in order of best Dead Spaces. No, I would still put Dead Space 3 over them, but I would put Unfortunate Spacemen over Dead Space 3. We need to end the podcast. Dead Space 3 was only good for the co-op. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like... I need that to come back. Just put it in post. I, I could smell food. The foods. I, I'm not Final that Fantasy I'm t- seven remake not that I'm is, timing it or anything. I'm not upset that it won, but it's just like I'm upset that Nat walked away. Um, Final Fantasy seven remake uh, is half gen's game of the year uh, after heated debate about the story of the Last of Us. And I was just like, okay, like Chris is trying to like. It sounded like almost like you were trying to like justify your reason not picking it like you were that's what it sounds because for a while i'm like is he just trying to convince himself that like he didn't like those parts for reasons we're all giving that thumbs up on the video (laughs) yes (laughs) 
All right, just a quick recap. All right, we have figured it out. Nat's going to figure out the game of the year at the same time. Well, not at the same time as you guys, but he's going to figure out which game we picked right now. Just a recap. 2020 Game of the Year I've Awards. I've seen already. Uh, I've seen on my phone. Which one you <laughs> Shush. He's like, let me guess. Biggest me letdown. Warcraft 3 Reforged. Biggest surprise. Suzerain. Uh, best performance. Individual. Laura Bailey. The Last of Us Part 2. As Abby. Best performance. Entire game. Last of Us Part 2. Uh, best music. Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Best visuals. Technical. Last of Us Part 2. Best visuals. Artistic. Hades. Best Multiplayer, Valorant. Best Ongoing Game, Apex Legends. Best New Entry in an Existing Franchise, The Last of Us Part 2. Best Remaster, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Best Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Best Story, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Best New Franchise, Ghost of Tsushima. Best Indie is Hades. And Game of the Year, Final Fantasy VII Remake. It has been a trip, gentlemen. I feel like this is right about game of the year time. We we did it, except we did it all in one podcast this year, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go eat dinner at ten thirty at night now. Oh, uh, right. I'm just like the food's okay. been sitting there. For, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, it's it's like government electric skills. I'm just looking at. It, I'm like, <laughs> guys, I do appreciate you all being here. Uh, all of you, I appreciate everybody listening and watching. Um, it was a good year for games, you know, uh, and uh, it was a good year to have all of you guys on. So I, I do thank you. Uh, if you are interested in following the opinions of any of us, we all have our uh, Twitter uh, hashtags all around here. That's pretty dope. Um, I don't know what he keeps mouthing. I think he's mouthing no, no. He's talking dirty to the food from here. Oh, he's mouthing <laughs> food. Okay, yeah. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to add yes, real quick before search we wrap up? Day, Mark. I've got merch. I've got masks. I've got tank tops. I've got mouse pads. I've got coffee mugs, sweater vests. You have masks? That is like, I hate, I hate that people sell masks uh, like that. 85% of the proceeds went to Extra Life, so. Where'd the other 15% They had go? to go to cost of making them. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> that that's fair. Yeah. Nat, anything you want to plug? I have a shout out. Uh, shout out to the other podcast I'm on, uh, Chronicles of Tales of Ratchet, a series of Ratchet and Wild Tales. It's actually doing pretty well. We are at a pilot now, and it's doing pretty Excellent. good. Got some, you know, kind of bigger guests coming in soon, so that should be cool. Excellent. If you guys are ever in New York after uh, pandemic, yeah, I would love to have good. you guys uh, on. You know I'd be uh, there. I don't know what I would yeah, offer. Just to avoid cities. Yeah. Uh, quick note. We, we know Half-Life Alex was not on the list. None of us put enough time into Half-Life Alex before this in order to form an opinion. We realize that is a hole that was on this list, but it is what it is. It is the playtime of the four of us, and that did not make it. So, if there was a VR category, I'm sure I would have been a shoe in to, you know. Yeah. Or Star Wars Squadron. We had the best Star Wars Squadron. But there's only so much too. time in the day. Yeah. I said I Squadron. Said Star Wars Squadron would have been in the VR category for sure. Yeah. We didn't have enough VR games to make a VR category. This has been the Half Gen Podcast. Ross, you don't want to plug anything, right? No. Just uh, Half Gen. If, uh, to get 
more my opinion on the last of us part two story i do have that editorial up on the site if you want to go take a look and uh yeah are we still going to do a spoiler cast for that if you want to yeah, i'm down okay. i feel like we should we need a venue to kind of talk about this hey i was gonna say i to, to explain to the audience i didn't haven't played last of us because i've had a really shitty year last year and i was like this it game is. seems really heavy you are and correct I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that. I was like, I feel like I could deal with Ghost of Tsushima, but I don't know. I, like, I don't know if I could That's deal fair. with Last of Us. I was like, That's I'm fair. gonna skip That's on fair. this for now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, guys, if you're on the audio, oh. no, nope, I was gonna say that's my only plug. So. At another name, Mark at RP Orlando ninety one at its comic kid at Nightmare CV. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.